Salutations. Welcome to Podmortem. I'm Travis Hunter, joined as always by my co-host, my sister, and my brother-in-law. Hi, I'm Renee Hunter-Vasquez. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. This week, we're broadcasting live from a farmhouse in Grover's Bend, Kansas, discussing the 1986 comedy horror film, Critters. This film was directed by Stephen Herrick from a screenplay by Herrick and Dominic Muir. Critters combines elements of science fiction, comedy, and horror to deliver a charming creature feature reminiscent of film's past. Immediately drawing comparisons to Gremlins, which was released two years prior, this film overcomes the label of being a simple copy-paste. With a great cast, unique story choices, and memorable creature design, Critters garnered cult status over the years and spawned three sequels and a web series reboot. So, Critters, what were your first impressions on the film? I remember watching this when I was young and loving it. Uh, Watching it now, though, as an adult, I do want to say that I have watched this movie a few times already, and I love it the more every time I watch it. Really? Yeah, every time I watch it, I'm like, man, I like this movie a little more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I remember it being more comedy than what it it was Mm -hmm. uh, because I hadn't watched it in a while, and then uh, we watched it together mm-hmm. and then uh i and then we obviously did it we're covering it for the show and i've watched it a few times since then and uh yeah man i don't know what it is but it just grows on me every time i watch it i'm like man i'm really enjoying this movie even more than when i watched it two days ago i don't know how but <laughs> you watched it two days ago yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it a, a childhood watch yeah you? i don't know i think uh my older brother or my my oldest sister or what whichever one of them showed it to me thank you or my mom or somebody but i remember (laughs) watching it and i know i had seen it a few you know what i mean a few times yeah but then like i said now being able to watch it whenever the hell i want to watch it is like man (laughs) this is i was like this is great um i didn't watch this as a kid Mm -hmm. um The year was 2020 and we couldn't leave our house. (laughs) We were having movie nights with the kids every night and we would put movies into a cup and draw it out every night. And I had never seen Gremlins either. And Mm -hmm. so neither had the kids. We watched that. And then a little while later, we watched this and I was like, oh, this is, you know, clearly uh, capitalizing off of Gremlins. Clearly. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll find we'll talk later that that's not not the case, but. I was like, this is just fun because I was like, what, what even is Critters? And he was like, well, it's kind of like Gremlins. I'm like, well, we already watched Gr- Like, that's done. <laughs> so I did not have high expectation. And then you start it and you see a couple of the people that are in this. It's like, oh, fuck. So this is like, this isn't some, you know, like, yeah. oh, we're going to make this in our house or whatever. Like, this is like, <laughs> I think that it is a lot of fun. I think it's another one. We talk about, um, like gateway horror films to watch with your kids when they're young um, to kind of dip their toes in or whatever. Mm -hmm. This is a perfect movie for that. It is horror, but not anything that's going to keep your kids up at night. You know? Yeah. Uh I think it's just a good time. It's just fun. And, and uh, I, I'm, I have a soft spot for (laughs) the movies that write songs for the movies. (laughs) (laughs) This has this has one. Oh yeah, uh, it's a banger, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. Power of the night. I'm very glad you like it. Too. <laughs> That's a great track. Um, and it feels so. It does. <laughs> yeah. You think it's real? Yeah, I did. No, I it's lie. it's so indicative of the time. Too. Oh like, yeah, it's perfect. Um, so this the, covering this for the show, writing my script, it was the first time I ever watched Critters. All right. 
um, whenever it was added to the script uh, at JP's suggestion, that may have been the first time I ever heard of it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like, what the hell is Gremlins? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I've heard of Gremlins. <laughs> and that's what I thought. It was sold to me. Right, yeah. right. As, oh, it's just a uh, Gremlins ripoff. Right, right. That's what it was sold to me as. Um, not by you. No, yeah. Yeah. But um, anything I looked up. Uh-huh. And I expected fully that I was going to sit down at the table and be like, you know, it's pretty good. It's all right. It wasn't great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's not bad. It's okay. Yeah. It's a pretty decent film. It feels exactly like you said, like the kind of film you watch at a certain age, it becomes a nostalgic favorite. Oh, yeah. Just rewatch throughout your entire life. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I did not watch it at that age. I know. We were talking off mic before we started, and I was like, man, if I had watched this at five or six, this would have rocked my shit. Like, I would have oh, yeah. loved this. And, yeah. And I think to me, um, it's exactly what JP said. It is silly, but it is not as silly as I expected. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's... <laughs> There's some real family moments <laughs> that are pretty goddamn dramatic. <laughs> and they make real choices and they like they they're concerned. <laughs> like I was very surprised. I thought it was gonna be like, ew, whoa. and then like critters are gonna be like in a bar or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, exactly. You know? Yeah. Uh, hitting on other critters and stuff. <laughs> critters and dresses and yeah, whatnot. As it goes. Uh, <laughs> I think that's one thing, and I and I don't know because it might be recency bias. Um these kinds of films are not necessarily my bag. Mm-hmm. Right. But I feel like in this moment I may like critters more than gremlins. I'm not sure. No, yeah. And and they're two different movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I and I I won't even lie. I love Gremlins. You know, Gizmo, fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I love it. The classic. Dude, we get a real <laughs> moment of that. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like literally. Legit. <laughs> I might agree with you. I think watching this a little more, I'm might lean a little more heavily into the critters. It's kind of surprising to me. I think it's just because it's less of the the things that you don't like about films like this uh-huh critters critters <laughs> <laughs> they're the same thing well but in all fairness in all fairness this does kind of feel like a grittier gremlin that's what i'm yeah. saying gremlin that's what yeah. i was trying to say I know you were. gremlins has more of that they have more of the montage of them fucking around in a bar yeah um, of them Why? singing christmas carols and whatnot this, Why not? I don't know. <laughs> this has you know it's moments but they're more few and far between it is more like the stakes are a little bit higher than what yeah, was yeah. Like I could die out there, dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, the gremlins were just trying to scratch you or some shit. Yeah, yeah. what even no, no, was no. there? Yeah, this is the the stakes are higher. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was something that kind of surprised me as I was looking into the production. Mm-hmm. I read a very interesting article on Den of Geek. Okay. That kind of spoke about the beginnings all the way through the project's fruition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I also read a bit on the American Film Institute page. But whenever Muir wrote this script originally and brought it to Herrick, because Herrick was looking for his first directing project. Yeah, yeah. It was an R-rated straight horror film. Oh, shit. And so the stakes being higher might have just been a holdover from... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would like to see some kind of version of that. Yeah. Could be interesting. I wonder if the sequels, if they still... I, I, I've never seen any of the sequels, but it is my understanding that it gets a little uh, sillier or a yeah. little more ridiculous. I, think, I don't know if that's true. I think I've seen the second one once, uh-huh. and that's that was, a, that was enough. 
<laughs> but I was also younger. So again, you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe then I was like, this is just silly, you know, but now it's like, oh no, I love that. It would well, be interesting to see it be taken to a darker place like that. Yeah. yeah. It was also, um, they had said whenever they brought it to Rupert Harvey, the producer, mm-hmm. what they had planned to do was get it made with Roger Corman originally. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be a super low budget uh, version of Critters. But instead, they decided to do it with Rupert Harvey and New Line Cinema. Mm-hmm. Okay. And whenever they did that, they got a little bit more of a budget. So it could have been a completely different film by in right. like five different ways. Yeah. But um, one thing that was very interesting to me was Herrick had not directed anything yet. Mm. But after this, he goes on to direct, um, what is it? Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Yeah. Hey. Uh, Bill and Ted. Yeah. And uh, The Mighty Ducks. Hell All yeah! Right. <laughs> Emilio! <laughs> but the interesting thing, and what we said we were going to talk about was the fact of when Muir wrote this script. Yeah. yeah. Because when you call it <laughs> Gremlins ripoff, like, all over the internet, and then you learn that this script was written in 1982. Yeah. I would be so upset. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just, it's so unfair, because that's what... Like you think because it mm. was made after. But yeah, like you said, it was written before. And then I did read that when Gremlins came out, um, they did rewrites to try to make it less similar. Uh-huh. Yeah. And still everybody was like, No, you just ripped off Gremlins yeah, or whatever. Did. Well, when it's critters or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Oh, they like to eat too. So that's all Okay, whatever. Yeah. As if that's a weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> and they your creatures eat? Yeah. Okay. Only rip off. Only Gremlins eat. <laughs> There, there is a movie also that's the same way. It's Ghoulies hmm. and it's little creature things, and it's <laughs> it's kind of the same shit. He's like, now that's a rip. Yeah, no, no, that one, <laughs> no, that no, no, that one. <laughs> I feel like the little creatures had their moment for a little no, bit. No, they did. They did. I'm glad it's done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but some of them, some of them were all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we hijack this film spaceship, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, let's roll. So the film begins with light, eerie synth over the opening credits before we pan across a shot of the bright stars of space and settle in on a floating asteroid. So... Before we get into all this, <laughs> I wanted to talk about the music in this film. Oh, yeah. It's very good, and it feels very, very much like those old, old B-movies. Yeah. Yeah. I was very surprised because I wanted to see... The composer is David Newman. All right. And I was like, what else did he do? And scrolling through his uh, filmography is difficult because he gets so much credit because he wrote the 20th Century Studios fanfare really yes and so all the fox movies they're like yeah that what copyright be careful (laughs) (laughs) we changed it (laughs) (laughs) and it was very (laughs) off-key we'll be fine but yeah it was this dude who who will not sue us yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) please yeah please david (laughs) that is wild it's like stuff like that. You stop and think, yeah, somebody had to write that. Yeah. yeah. That That's... wasn't just there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I found something. I will not do it again. <laughs> but we get text at the lower third reading, prison asteroid, sector 17, maximum security. Why do I believe this? 
<laughs> what in like the not too distant future? Yeah, you're just building prisons on fucking yeah. the moon, and I believe it. I was like, how big is it? It didn't. It well, didn't look big enough. No. <laughs> it looked like a model. Is yeah. what it, that's what it looked like. This was space. Yes. <laughs> They're like, we're planning to build. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of the future site. Yes. Of the, yeah. okay, this got is it, got it. just a proof of concept. <laughs> <laughs> but a voice on the radio of a prison transport ship requests permission to land, and another voice answers this request. The pilot confirms that they're transporting eight Krite prisoners, but the voice on the other end says that there's a problem. His advance notice cube says that there should be 10 Krite prisoners and asks the other voice to explain. Now, <laughs> advance Are we gonna talk about the, the cube? notice cube. Is this about my cube? <laughs> I need to talk to you about your cube. Here's the thing. All right. Um, I actually am totally fine with this advance notice cube. Yeah. Because so many other films would be like, oh, well, we heard on my space radio. Yeah. <laughs> so sure. Yeah. Name it. Name it something. Yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> but the pilot explains that they did have 10 krites, but the krites were eating everything in sight. So they had to kill two of them to make the food last longer. I was like, God damn. It's like, you know, you can just kill a crite. Yeah. <laughs> no one gives a shite. Is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the other man doesn't seem to care at all and just clears them for landing. The surviving krites are asked to be sent through immunization and detox. Then they'll be placed in the termination lock with shock units standing by. Whoa, termination. I know. <laughs> I just ate your sandwich, dude. I don't know why. I don't know about yeah. this crite. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what he did. What he did. Yeah. What he's in here for. I will say. Um, <laughs> right. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> <laughs> why are you detoxing and immunizing me if you're just going to murder me? Yeah. yeah. You're wasting immunizations. <laughs> Resources. Yeah. But the camera glides into an opening in the asteroid. Inside, Zanti, the prison warden played by Michael E. Gogan, glides into a control room on a hover chair, and amidst a desk of walls and bright buttons, he calls in an order to send shock control to the termination lock. His head is unfortunate. <laughs> is that just a Vader helmet under there? I, it kind of uh, looks probably. Like, probably. <laughs> I have in my notes, I wonder if T has already left the chat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will tell you right now, this is not the beginning I expected. No. No, yeah. Um, we're in space. Yeah. Yeah. That was surprising. <laughs> <laughs> Just flat out. But Zanti says that the Krites are up to something. I'm not sure how he knows that yet, but he is exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> they are up to something. <laughs> we cut to the termination lock where seemingly humanoid lizards guard the area. Out of nowhere, a wall explodes and a small display of sparks. Zanti calls for a damage report and a voice reports that there are two... <laughs> That there are two dead and three wounded. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> he knew that quickly. Out immediately. That was fast. <laughs> yeah. Are they hooked up to monitors? Yeah. Or, this or, is space. They were, just know shit. Were they already dying? <laughs> <laughs> I think the voice cube told him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is about your cube. Yeah. <laughs> but even worse than that, all eight Krites have escaped and they've commandeered a spaceship. We watch as outside the prison asteroid's defenses attempt to fire lasers at the fleeing ship, but miss entirely. A small, hairy hand of a krite inside of the ship navigates the controls and blasts one of the laser cannons for good measure. Zanti, just after this happens, I don't know how he saw it, but <laughs> Zanti does his best Gordon Ramsay and just offers a damn. <laughs> well, it's unfortunate. Very. Yeah. They needed that laser. <laughs> they really did. 
but he requests bounty hunters and we see two of them suit up for action with knives as well as futuristic tracking devices and weaponry a door slides open and two bounty hunters step out glowing green masks over their faces and clad in studded maroon leather think if slender man was radioactive mm-hmm. but he also went to a vampire rave one thousand percent Okay. Yeah, for uh, sure. Gangrel right. kind of, right? <laughs> yeah. right? Dude, we're talking about music. They had the best theme song in the game. The brood. Oh, yeah, The Brood. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. It was. It scared the shit out of me. <laughs> that was great, huh, Christian Ed? Yeah. yeah. The blood baths? Yeah. Now, that's horror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... One is tall and one is small. And so that's what I've called them for most of this until I learned what tall was named. Okay. All right. So bear with me. But Zanti says that he has a job for them. We watch as they follow Zanti through the prison as he explains that the Krites have stolen their fastest ship, which has enough fuel to cross the galaxy 10 times over. He tells them that they must destroy them before they can feed and they'll be paid in full only on evidence of their destruction. We watch as the ship carrying the bounty hunters leaves the asteroid prison in pursuit of the Krites. The opening credits continue against a panning shot of the stars, and in a flash of light, we get the title, Critters. It was an aggressively 80s title card. Yes. Mm-hmm. I loved mm-hmm. it. I also loved how cheesy the ship looked when it was leaving the asteroid. Oh, it did. Mm-hmm. This, mm-hmm. Is, this is great. <laughs> I, think, I don't know that they've flown a ship before. <laughs> also, I know that they have that much fuel, but I'm sure that they can't make it to Earth and that everything will be fine. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, how would they navigate? Literally, right. they're never... crites. Yeah. They've, they've been imprisoned. They mm. don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just hungry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is a short film. <laughs> <laughs> this is it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> just, just about life, life on a farm. <laughs> <laughs> but we're then taken to a farm, and I, it's, I believe it's on the planet Earth. Right? <laughs> it seems Terra. to be. Yes, because yes, they didn't tell us. <laughs> But we get shots of various farm equipment as the opening credits continue, ending on a peaceful shot of a barn in the morning light. In the kitchen of the farmhouse, breakfast is being prepared on the stove by Helen Brown, played by Dee Wallace. If you recall, she was also E.T.'s mom. Yeah. yeah. Well, not E.T.'s mom. <laughs> I think we <laughs> say that every day. <laughs> it's, the, it's the same thing. Yes. Henry Thomas's mom. Yes. Well, no, not Henry Thomas's mom. <laughs> no. Elliot. Elliot's mom. <laughs> <laughs> that would be mrs thomas yeah <laughs> the character right there yeah, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> but she calls out to her children that breakfast is ready but they're in the middle of something upstairs april played by nadine vanderveld knocks angrily on the bathroom door while brad her brother played by scott grimes is cooking up some bullshit by running a thermometer under the faucet not steve smith yeah i, I- when your sister told me that i was like oh yeah because me and a buddy of mine george we always sing the boys 12 (laughs) (laughs) it's great oh it's great (laughs) but i was like no way who knew that that was inside i know and he was only he was only 14 wow this was his first film i think i read that he did commercials and stuff but this was his i think he does a really we were talking earlier he does a really good job you talk about child actors Yeah. yeah he's great in this and it's just very funny what he did later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what you know he grows up. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. But April, annoyed that she can't get into the bathroom, tattles to her mother, but she's preoccupied by a ringing phone in the dining room. She answers it, learns that it's for April, and calls for her daughter again. 
April bangs her fist on the bathroom door once more, calling Brad a real jerk before heading downstairs. She tells on her brother once again, this time up close with her mother, but Helen just shrugs it off. April heads for the telephone and softens her mood entirely and immediately (laughs) for whoever's on the other end. (laughs) Helen walks over to the sink, yelling down through a vent in the floor for Jay, her husband played by Billy Green Bush, who is working in the basement. Jay yells up, asking if it was a guy called Charlie that was on the phone. But when he learns instead that it was someone named Steve, he looks a little confused before heading upstairs himself. As Jay heads into the kitchen, April wishes this mysterious Steve a happy birthday. I forgot about that, which only... Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <That's>... Wow. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Yes. <laughs> I completely forgot. Yeah. It is poetic, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I think Shakespeare. Uh... <laughs> um, anyway. Damn. But he meets his wife at the sink, who pours herself a cup of coffee, learning that Steve is a new boy at school. Jay asks what happened to April's previous boyfriend, Richard, who she said was the love of her life. Helen just tells him to keep up, and then he asks her if she's washing his bowling shirt for tonight. She promises that it'll be ready for the tournament and tells him to sit down to eat. Now, he's sitting there talking to her. He washes his hands and then dries his greasy-ass hands on her apron. You have to go back and you're cleaning and wiping your hands also on this apron. Or and it was like, like light, like white. It yeah. Was, yeah. It, Don't do that. At least breakfast is done, I guess. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but Brad joins his family, picking an adorable cat up off the table and placing it on the floor. New favorite character just dropped. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But we see that he has a thermometer in his mouth still as he sits down at the table. He sits down with the energy of somebody, please ask me about the thermometer. <laughs> yeah. out of my mouth. Just a neon sign. He's like, oh, uh. He's like, what's wrong? What's with the thermometer? <laughs> I'll bite. <laughs> but Jay asks his son if he's seen Charlie this morning, but Brad just shakes his head. April gets off the phone and sits down at the table, too, and Jay goes straight to the source, asking who this Steve is. Brad jokingly refers to Steve as the dork from New York, which earns the ire of his sister. But Jay just presses on, asking what happened to Richard. April says that all Richard cared about was hog farms, and Jay retorts that there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) His father farmed hogs. But could you imagine if, like, you're on a date? (laughs) You know something else about hogs? It's like, can we... (laughs) I'm trying to order spaghetti. <laughs> Can we go see a movie or something? Yeah, and spaghetti's a terrible date food. Don't, yeah, yeah, probably don't, don't do that. order spaghetti. No. Order something neater. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. As if I'm just like no, I'm no, the no. professional. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. You can order spaghetti if you want. All I'm trying no, to say. Yeah. <laughs> I would be afraid to order spaghetti. Yeah, I always manage to get something on my shirt and yes, I get so furious. Even if it's the tiniest thing, I don't know how. It's just um, luck. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just need to learn to eat spaghetti better, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Wear a bib. Yeah. All the adults listening are like, you can't eat spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How all sad. The, all the adults listening. <laughs> it's precaution. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> But Jay turns his attention to his son, who still has that thermometer sticking out of his mouth. (laughs) Brad claims that he doesn't feel good, which April calls bullshit on. And while serving breakfast, Helen takes the thermometer out of Brad's mouth. It reads 106 degrees. (laughs) 
<laughs> we got to get this kid right. to a doctor. <laughs> Come on, guy. <laughs> we got to get those faucets checked, yeah. dude. <laughs> I don't think it should be that hot. <laughs> Is that okay? Yeah, that's pretty hot. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's not that hot. I don't know. It's got to be hotter than the well, human skin. Yeah, I was going to say for him trying to pass it off. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And for the how kid. long it's been. <laughs> then the human skin. That's that's the thing is it's been in his mouth yeah. this entire time. Yeah, it should have so adjusted. So it should have. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Brad is very ill. <laughs> Maybe he is sick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did read that in E.T. D. Wallace fell for this, but in this she did not. <laughs> That's hilarious. Because they did cool. the same thing in E.T. No shit. When yeah. she was E.T.'s mom. Yeah. Yes. So maybe... Or, yeah, no. Yeah, well, <laughs> I agreed. <laughs> but she just scoffs at the temperature. And April shares that Brad has a big geometry test today, which explains the ruse. Brad gets annoyed at April for telling on him, calling her a real shithead. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, it always makes me laugh when someone says real before the insult. Yeah. Like, I'm not like, kidding. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm not fucking around at all. <laughs> I don't know why it was something that I, I noticed a lot in the 1980s. Um, if there was a film like this, there will be a kid at a table and the kid will say something dirty or, yeah. or coarse or offensive. Mm-hmm. And he will be scolded by his parents. You're like, yeah. hey, language. Oh, yeah. oh, you know, like Sopranos. Uh huh. Sure. Um, <laughs> but don't don't do that, man, to your sibling. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, this. Uh, I'm he's not- fucking faking it, man. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, he didn't study last night. <laughs> it's us against them. You don't is. do that to me. But the kids do this, and this yeah, made me. Do. I was like, <laughs> yes, you're do. supposed to be together. Yeah. <laughs> Work together. Literally. But Brad gets scolded pretty roundly for the cursing as April kicks him under the table. Amidst threats of washing mouths out with soap, April says that maybe Brad will do just as well on this test as he did on the last one. Brad kicks April under the table. Well, damn, shut the fuck yeah. up. This ha- this has to be for the bathroom. Probably. Yeah. Which, I mean, there are other ba- there's got to be another bathroom in the house, right? I hope. But she was acting like there wasn't. This I, house is huge. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I'm sure the parents have their own bathroom. Yeah. Really. yeah don't go in there. <laughs> <laughs> But April just leaves as the questions begin from the parents, sticking her tongue out at her brother and heading outside to meet a friend driving her to school. Brad gets out of his chair with the why I ought to. (laughs) (laughs) But his father makes him sit down and tells him to get ready for school so he doesn't miss the bus. He actually... (laughs) He actually threatens to skin his yeah. son. Yeah. <laughs> Which, all right, the 80s, I guess. So. What do you yeah, say? If, well, you, if yeah, you miss your bus, I'm going to skin you and hang your bones out to dry. Yeah. Too specific. I was like, yeah. you're going to skin me? <laughs> it was me? a common threat. It was, <laughs> I was like, oh, I get it. Yes, we're, we're yes always, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> always worried about our skin. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> but Brad storms off with his skin, and <laughs> Helen sits down in his seat, facetiously thanking herself for all her hard work in preparing breakfast. That was my next thing was how relatable it was that she made this whole entire breakfast and the dad was the only one sitting there eating. <laughs> that just him. They didn't take a bite. No. Nope. Yeah. They didn't drink their juice. Nope. It's what they do. It's infuriating. We talk a lot about tropes like on Talk Mortem. Yeah. And that's one of them that drives me nuts is when somebody prepares a whole ass meal and they're like, well, I'm going to be late for my bus. It's like, no, sit your ass down and eat. <laughs> take a bite of toast. Yeah. <laughs> I got up at 6 a.m. <laughs> Stick a fork in me. I got to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> and then later, I'm hungry. Yeah. 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 I wonder why. I yeah. bet you are. I'm just imagining a full plate of breakfast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that you scooped into the trash. You didn't appreciate it. But Helen ponders aloud wondering what happened to charlie at this point i'm like who the fuck is charlie because y'all have been talking about him all morning we've been hearing a lot about charlie yes but at the police station sally 
played by Lynn Shay, sits reading the National Inquisitor tabloid. Yeah. Yes. It was funny because she looks so young, yeah. mm-hmm. but she sounds exactly the same. She does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about this on Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. I believe episode 35, I think. Okay. Lynn Shea is the sister of Robert Shea, who was the founder of New Line Cinema, who distributed this film. Yeah. So it, it fits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also on the cover on the, of the tabloid, someone is claiming <laughs> that Spock is the father of their baby. Yeah. Not Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the character of Spock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe them. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? It's illogical or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> I never watched the show. He was born doing the hand thing. That's a paternity test, basically. <laughs> Those genes are strong. <laughs> But Harv, the sheriff, played by M. Emmett Walsh, steps into the room, eating what appears to be sunflower seeds out of his pocket. He, M. Emmett Walsh, was in Blade Runner and Blood Simple. Yeah. But I also remember him in a very small part in Knives Out. Yes, the um, video, the surveillance. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. He's also in Romeo and Juliet. Hey, and, uh, it's and a you, small part. Yeah, you love Romeo I love and that Juliet. Movie. Oh, you're a favorite. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he, this is another one of those actors who he's always there. Yes, and he, it's like you every time you see. Oh, I know that guy. Oh, I know that dude. And and it's it's. I feel again. He's not. He's he's really good at what he does. Yes, he is. And it's funny because he is one of those where you're like, I know you, but where do I know you from? Yeah, and it it's could be a hundred things. A, yeah, because it's like mm-hmm. I've seen you in so much shit. I think character actors are the unsung heroes of film and TV. Oh, for yeah. sure. So you just love when you you see one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But Harv asks Sally what's happening, and Sally dives into a story from her tabloid about John Travolta, but Harv obviously means what's happening here. <laughs> he wasn't trying to hear that. No. <laughs> what's happening in the world? Yeah, well, like, Spock has an illegitimate child. <laughs> no, 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 no. In uh, Grover's Bend or whatever. Oh, okay. <laughs> but she tells him of a bowling tournament this evening and the fact that Charlie is sleeping one off in a holding cell. Harv looks very disappointed, but Sally asks him to take it easy on Charlie before tucking into an Oreo cookie. Are you supposed to crack them open and eat the cream? Is that what you're, is that what it's designed? Because <laughs> 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 I don't eat them that way. It doesn't come with instructions. It should. I think yeah. that you can eat an Oreo however the fuck you want to eat an Oreo. That's yeah. an ad campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Hire me. Maybe yeah. take the Oreo? fuck word out. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it's going in. No. It's on right. HBO. <laughs> HB Oreo. <laughs> it writes itself. <laughs> Come on, Oreo. You know you want to sponsor it. Absolutely. Yeah. Dude, absolutely. I've been eating those cookies all my life. <laughs> and they're vegan. They're great. They're for everyone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Put them in milk. <laughs> Milk's no, that's not, that's not vegan. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, the cookie's still vegan. <laughs> You've lost our vegan friends. Oh, I'm sorry. I feel terrible. <laughs> but Charlie, played by Don Keith Opper, wakes up in the holding cell, spouting paranoid words. They're coming. But when he realizes where he is, he just pulls out a bottle of liquor that they let him keep for some reason. I was <laughs> appalled that he had that bottle in, in his cell where he's sleeping Was it, it in a long sock? What was that? I don't know. Yeah, I, I was don't just know. like, how was he allowed to have that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I did read uh, his brother, Barry Opper, is one of the producers of the film. Mm-hmm. And Don Keith Opper, who plays Charlie wrote additional scenes for the film because he was a writer for Rupert Harvey's production company. Mm-hmm. And he actually wrote and starred in the film Android that Harvey was producing with Roger Corman, which is how he met 
the director and writer of this film. Oh, oh. nice. All right. But Charlie continues, repeating his warning when Harv arrives. Harv tells him to cut the crap, but Charlie insists, saying that they're sending him messages through his fillings and asking Harv to listen. As he opens his mouth, all Harv seems to hear, however, is the fact that Charlie hasn't brushed his teeth today. Mm. He didn't. No, he didn't. (laughs) (laughs) But Charlie says that these are the same messages sent to him that ruined his pitching career. It's a little clumsy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, so he used to play baseball and now he doesn't? Yeah. Well, and he's like, right, right. Yeah. Tell him. <laughs> yeah, <he does. laughs> but Harv leaves him out of the cell, asking if he's ever thought to quit drinking. But Charlie says that it isn't the whiskey, asking Sally if she remembers when he was a real prospect. That's sad. Very sad. Yeah. Sally reluctantly agrees from behind her tabloid that he was major league material. Charlie says that he had heat before he started getting these messages. But suddenly we hear a voice coming in through a radio. Charlie responds with fear in his face, pointing to his teeth and asking Harv if he can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, come on, dude. Yeah. Know you know that's not coming out of here. not <laughs> helping your case at all. Has it ever sounded like that? Yeah. <laughs> Harv can hear it, though, because it's coming from the police radio next to them. Aww. Yeah. In his police cruiser, Jeff, played by Ethan Phillips, calls into the station asking his lover to pick it up. This actor looked very familiar to me, but I think I might be confusing him with someone else. Mm-hmm. He's another one of those that's yeah. in a million things. I know we recently saw him on Better Call Saul. Right. That's right. Yeah, but he's another one that's like, I've seen you in 50 things and I can only name like one. Yeah. <laughs> but Sally goes to reach for the phone, but an annoyed Harv picks it up instead, scolding his subordinate. Jeff apologizes, saying that he's just signing off for the night before he drives away. It is broad daylight. Yeah. But I'm guessing that he worked graves, and then now it's daytime and he's done. But that, what we see later, I don't think that's true. Well, it is in this scene. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he's working split shift. We don't know Jeff's life. No. Uh, They should show us his schedule. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see everybody's schedule. (laughs) It is funny, though. The way he, when he calls, yeah, and he's he like, oh, shit. Up, yeah. <laughs> well, he had to, he had to switch gears. Yeah. <laughs> but Charlie starts to walk off, but Harv stops him, telling him that he should head out to the Browns' farm and saying that he wouldn't want to lose his job. Also, that he should forget all of this Martian business. Charlie agrees in a non-committal way before leaving, and Harv just mutters that this town is a zoo. This scene right after the family at the farmhouse, I'm like, oh, so this is just quirky characters. Like, this is going to be like an ensemble thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I And it feels, I mean, like the small town America thing is very 1950s B-movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I will say that the town is about to become a zoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just you wait. If I could take a, a moment of your time. So it's 1986, right? Indeed it is. The Oprah Winfrey Show debuted nationally. Uh-huh. Uh, Mad Cow. <laughs> Challenger exploded. You're, Fuck. You're really... Oh, my God. You're really, so 86 you're, wasn't very good. You have now, a mixed <laughs> bag of, <laughs> yeah, that's of a lot of Oprah, Oprah, hold sandwiching on. Sandwiching oh, yeah. going on here. Uh, the cost of a brand new house was 89000 So we did jump <sighs> up a little more from, what was it, 67 Uh-huh. Um, uh, rent, 385 a month. Oh. <laughs> Gas was $0.89 <laughs> cents a gallon. Oh, wow. And a brand new Ford Mustang of that year was 7400 <sighs> 
Were you just trying to like make us sad so we don't finish the movie? Well, no, I just want us to be in 86. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Submersion. Get yeah. yeah. Submersion. Yeah. Although you told us a lot of horrible <laughs> things. Yeah, 86 wasn't a very, it sounds no, like did. some bad stuff yeah, out there. Now I'm even yeah. more anxious than I was when I sat down. Yeah. Thank you. But back in space, the bounty hunters are in starry pursuit of the Krites. Inside their ship, the two bounty hunters, their faces still glowing, I guess they can't turn that off. Yeah. <laughs> that just is what it is. I thought it was just for show while they were hanging out with Zante. Right. And they were like, no. we can take this off, right? <laughs> you got to wait for the neon to wear off. Uh, yeah. Uh, like they we started have, it. Yeah. We cracked it open. Yeah. <laughs> but they get a holographic transmission from Zanti. He tells them that in his haste to send them off, he forgot to tell them that they're tracing the Krites to a solar system with one planet that supports life. Earth. Fuck. Yeah. So they are going to Earth. Yeah, which is very funny to Who me. Who would have thought? Because, like, um, I don't know what the Krites are able to withstand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why would they go to Earth? Yeah. <laughs> Unless they exclusively eat people. Which I never heard of. No. no. they've That's not been established. Yeah. <laughs> Why are they going to prison? <laughs> I want to see everybody scheduled at the police station. I want to see every one of those crites rap sheets. <laughs> I want the court fucking the court reporter. <laughs> yeah. Unearth the, the court documents. I want to know what we're working with. But Zanti says that he's uploading information on Earth's culture to their ship's database. And as an interesting apparatus of small screens moves in front of their faces, Zanti says that their transformation abilities should prove quite helpful, but he hopes that they're less destructive this time. He says last time they nearly destroyed half, but Small's hand reaches for the control panel and hangs up on it. <laughs> yeah. We know what we did. Like, don't need to remind me. Before a mission, yeah. you're going to do that? Right, you called us. Yeah. Right. You're bringing the whole fucking vibe down. I'm already nervous. Yeah. <laughs> But they pop in a disc, which contains all they need to know about Earth. Simultaneously on both screens, the bounty hunters are treated to a video, but fast forward it until it creates a fast-paced and almost subliminal montage of news stories, history, film clips, both modern and classic, technological advancements of Earth, and the intricacies of life on it. But they stop on a music video from Johnny Steele, played by Terrence Mann, performing the song, Power of the Night. I, I was going to ask why out of all the things and the people and all the history you've seen, this is what he stops on. But then the song plays and I was like, oh, never mind. No, I get it. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, It's a fucking bop. Yes. No, yeah. But yeah, that was my observation that all of our accomplishments <laughs> and everything that makes us us <laughs> more airtime than anyone. Boring. Yeah. <laughs> Power of night. It's like, that's what we came for. Yes. I think, I think, <laughs> I think what it is, is um, something we learn later with a problem that small keeps happening. Having. <laughs> uh, I think that <laughs> Tall experienced it in this moment. <laughs> well, he does. It's like no. <laughs> you know, Zanti said that that, that 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 would be useful, but it's fucking not, dude. Like, yeah. I feel like it's not ready. No, we haven't passed the final stages of whatever you've got going on. Not here. at all. Put her back in. <laughs> <laughs> But Power of the Night, it's all the glory of the 1980s in one video. Hair, outfits, sights, and sounds. It's, it's wonderful. 
I was like, so we're just going to watch a whole ass music video? Yes. Yeah. Like, we don't need to do this. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Trust Take it from me. the top. That's <laughs> what they want. Yeah. An encore, you said. <laughs> um, according to the commentary, producers originally wanted instead of, uh, well, not instead of, because they didn't even know they were going to cast Terrence Mann, but they wanted Billy Idol. Really? Oh. Yeah. Which would have been interesting. I, yeah. I actually would have loved that. So I'm not yeah. even going to say anything bad about that. <laughs> but Terrence Mann was cast because producers saw him on Broadway in Cats. And he actually co-wrote this song. Okay. And he, <laughs> Yes, he did. And he's been nominated for, I think, three Tonys in his career. Damn. That's fucking right. amazing. And I think he's been in all the Critters films. That's the power <laughs> of the night. There you go. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> But Tall's head begins to melt away as he watches intently, and we see a skull form in the mess as the song continues. Blood oozes from the skull, forming muscle around the bone. An ooze of milk-like liquid congeals around the face to form skin around the muscular bone. Johnny Steele, meanwhile, is taking a hilarious slow-motion dive off of the stage. (laughs) (laughs) But when we return to the bounty hunter, the camera rises from his outstretched hand to reveal his face is an exact copy of Johnny Steele. This whole transformation was very, very cool. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say, though, it is very foolish to replicate yourself in the figure of somebody as famous as seemingly famous as Johnny Steele. I yeah. think two things. Mm-hmm. One, I think we learned that you don't choose the, <laughs> <laughs> the face. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> chooses that's, you. That's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. Um, and at the moment I was, I was like, all right, critters. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, this never happens again. The, that way? No. no. Yeah. But, and it looked really cool. It did. But yeah. I guess they're like, we can't do this five times. Yeah. <laughs> But after the spaceship speeds off to a red galaxy, we return to Earth and the Browns farm. Upbeat music plays as Jay works under the hood of a truck, but he calls out annoyed to Charlie to hand him a carburetor, which I believe is what gives the car its ability to berate. Correct. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's, it checks it's out to me. responsible for that. <laughs> blah, 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 yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. What I, <laughs> we all know that sound. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is, right? It, it's, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. No, we'll have a mechanic right in. Yeah. <laughs> that was embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> don't ever talk about cars again. <laughs> but we cut to Brad lighting a firework and booking it over to some hay for safety, where we find Charlie sitting. Charlie, holding a slingshot, recounts a story of a woman in 1948 being abducted by aliens on her way to a laundromat. I was like, what exactly is Charlie's job here? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's in charge of mopping in the trash, cleaning the bathrooms. Rats. Charlie Charlie rats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bashing rats. Yeah, Yeah, I remember. I remember. (laughs) Burning trash. Yeah. But Brad watches as the fuse he lit reaches the firework, which sits underneath a toy battleship. It explodes loudly and triumphantly, scaring the shit out of Charlie and getting the attention of Jay. Brad is overjoyed, but less so when he turns to find out that Charlie has broken his slingshot. Charlie promises that he can fix it if Brad gets him a tin can. Thankfully, there's a tin can not even two steps away. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I keep them right here, so that's great. (laughs) Perfect. But as they walk together, Charlie continues his abduction story, but this story of ancient aliens is interrupted by Jay, (laughs) pissed off that his son still has fireworks that he was supposed to get rid of. Jay, though, in a more understanding tone, asks Charlie if he likes his job and says that they have a lot of work to do today and he needs to keep up. 
Well, he is kind of just hanging out with like a, a teenage boy yeah. throwing fireworks. That's and true. And he's like, and Roswell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we get to work? Yeah, you- <laughs> I'm fixing a car in here if you want to help. Carburetors are drying up by the yeah. second. Yeah. <laughs> get to work. <laughs> this carburetor is not berating. I, yeah. I, I need help. So now I have to. But yeah. Oh, so I guess he's like a ranch hand or something. He's just there kind of doing odd I jobs. I guess. Yeah. That's not, I mean, that's cool, but you shouldn't be fucking around <laughs> blowing stuff up. No. In his defense, he was just breaking slingshots. He wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. He wasn't. No. He was actually afraid of the yeah. explosion. Yes. He hadn't counted on that. <laughs> but Brad tries to defend Charlie's involvement in his appetite for destruction, but Jay just snatches the remaining fireworks from his son and tells Charlie that he wants this truck fixed before dark. Brad apologizes to Charlie testing out his slingshot and not completely satisfied with the repair. But Jay just walks away, wiping oil from his hands and watches as a car approaches his property, wobbly over the hill of a dirt road. I was like, it better not be fucking Johnny Steele driving the car. <laughs> well, what song's playing? Yeah. <laughs> but we zoom in on a New York license plate that reads, Too Great. Two, the number two. G R eight. Now... Yeah. This doesn't really fit Steve's character at all. Yeah. And I think seeing this, I expected a certain kind of character. Yeah. yeah. But Steve is a great dude. It's what, yeah. yeah, that's what, <laughs> On the cool. what, yeah. what really threw me off is the, the kind of the way that we're primed to meet this dude. Yeah. And then he's not yeah. at all. But April steps out of the car and greets her father, a guitar solo belting from the speakers inside. She introduces her father to Steve Elliott, her new boyfriend played by Billy Zane, saying that she hopes it's okay that he stays for dinner. Yeah, Billy Zane. Yeah. <laughs> He's friends with Derek Zoolander. Is that I right? Mean, yeah. <laughs> What's wrong? Yeah. Zoolander's great. <laughs> What's wrong? <laughs> Why are you booing? Yeah. <laughs> you know he's right. Yeah. <laughs> so I read, um, this is Billy Zane's first speaking role. Yeah. And it's a very interesting connection because a lot of people know Billy Zane from Titanic. Right. But the cinematographer of Titanic was Russell Carpenter, who he won an Oscar for ti- Titanic. Mm-hmm. But Carpenter did additional photography for Critters. Okay. What All the right. fuck? Yeah. And he was the cinematographer for Critters too. Nice. All right. That's wild. The interesting thing as well, because we're just talking about cinematography. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom Surstead was the actual cinematographer of Critters, and dude had a career. Yeah. He worked with Herrick again on Bill and Ted and Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Nice. But he also shot Office Space, <gasps> <gasps> Little Miss Sunshine, All right. and The Wedding Singer. All right. Oh, yeah. I love Give him all, all the awards. Movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just like, wow, man. Hell yeah. That's great. And Billy Idol. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. And we're back yeah. to, you know. <laughs> Something that night. didn't actually happen. <laughs> <laughs> but Steve goes to shake Jay's hand, but Jay is preoccupied by Steve's expensive car, which April says that his father just gave him for his birthday today. <laughs> which again. <laughs> Happy birthday, Steve. <laughs> Jay tells the confused Steve that it looks like it wouldn't haul much hay. You got me there. Yeah. <laughs> You're right about that. He's like, and hogs, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was her ex. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but Charlie tests out the slingshot for Brad, aiming it at a can of Coke resting on the fence with Jay, April, and Steve just in the background. Shouldn't you be working on that car, dude? Yeah. He's like, I'll get to <laughs> it. You just, <laughs> you just got in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> One thing at a time. 
<laughs> well, everybody else is out here. Yeah. 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 Really busy on. with the slingshot right now. <laughs> Enjoying the fresh air. <laughs> <laughs> Sunshine on all of us. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, get to work. <laughs> But <laughs> Brad tells Charlie to be careful. But when Charlie releases the slingshot, the pebble shoots off, hitting April right on the ass cheek. Well, you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> That's it for Charlie. <laughs> and he didn't fix the car yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Brad very kindly snags the slingshot, taking the heat off of Charlie as April chases him across the yard, threatening murder, as you do. Of course. Uh, it did make me laugh because I thought that she would try to play it cool in front of her cool New York boyfriend. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Like, she's chasing him. It's like, Steve needs to know. Yeah. <laughs> April doesn't play that shit. I was like, oh, we're just, okay, cool. <laughs> you got to have a partner you can be yourself around. That <laughs> is, it's a wonderful feeling. That, that's the takeaway. That's the dream. <laughs> but they rush inside, almost knocking over their mother who is carrying glassware. April immediately tells on Brad as everyone files into the living room. Jay asks Brad if he shot his sister with the slingshot, and when he says that he'll plead the fifth, Jay tells him that this isn't a democracy. Why can't you just say it was an accident? There is still a can set up on the fence. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, I'm not saying throw Charlie. You can still say you did it, but I was not aiming for her ass. Yeah. I was trying to hit the can. Well, I was trying to hit that can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to hit the Coke can, not April's yeah. can. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a na- it was a natural mistake. Jay's like, God damn it, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> You're grounded forever. <laughs> but you know, never once does he say it was a mistake. No. He doesn't. He's just like, well, I'm not going to say it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, well, you know, it was an uh, accident. It was an accident. I'm sorry. Brad, Brad's a real all or nothing kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you got to respect that about him. Oh, yeah. But under the eyes of his parents and the very awkward glance of Charlie through the outside window. I laughed out loud. Because he's like slinking away. He is. He's like, keep my secret, kid. Please keep it. It's like the, the ghost of Christmas past. It's like, Charlie doesn't well, yeah. exist. He's going to get fired. Yeah. yeah, he is. Dude, that's going to be the twist is that when he was asking Brad this morning, he's like, have you seen Charlie? It was out of concern because this is an imaginary friend. <laughs> But again, under the eyes of his parents <laughs> and fucking cryptid Charlie outside, <laughs> Brad takes all the blame and is told to go to his room. Jay also tacks on no supper, which is fucking bonkers. Yeah, don't do that. Don't withhold food from kids it's- as punishment. If you really want to hurt Brad, take away his power of the night cassette. Because <laughs> he's going to be playing it later. <laughs> That's how he's going to cope. Yes. It, it is something that we were told, but we still got food later. We were just sent to our room. It was like the Simpsons. Yeah. Right. When you're like, you know what? I do need to do better. They came in with the yes. food. <laughs> I was like, oh, never mind. Ah, fuck yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Remember? No, 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 no. He brought Bart a whole pizza. People forget that. It's pretty good. Food is not a privilege, though. He broke grandpa's teeth. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. (laughs) No, he did. He (laughs) fucked those up. He did. We referenced that on an episode a couple weeks ago for no real reason. No, it's never a real reason. No, we just do it. (laughs) This is what it is. It's pod mortem. Um, (laughs) But there is talk of dessert later. I've understood. Maybe dessert is a privilege. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But but dinner. Yeah. Yeah. I don't call it supper. I don't understand that at all. (laughs) 
frankly. <laughs> that must be a regional <laughs> dialect. Oh, I understand. I feel like it's a foreign concept. It's the yeah. same thing with a different name. Don't get it. I don't. What, what do you guys call it? Supper? I'm, I don't. I'm sorry. In my in my region. <laughs> yeah. No, but Where yeah. I'm from. Never, don't don't do that to your children. Bod Mortem says. <laughs> Feed your kids. <laughs> But Brad heads up to his room, putting on a tape of Power of the Night (laughs) and collapsing into bed and the beautiful rhythm of the song. (laughs) He gets up, though, when he hears the adorable cat, whose name we still don't know, but we'll learn, Mm -hmm. meowing from the roof outside. He scoops her up and watches from his window as Charlie tells Jay that the work on the truck is all finished. Jay says that he'll see him in the morning as Charlie gets onto his bike. I don't know if time was supposed to have passed there, but it looked like... Brad got sent to his room and in the time of him getting punished, Charlie fixed the truck. <laughs> that's true. It, that's what it looks like. He's like, I need it done by, by nightfall. Yeah, yeah. And it was done in two minutes. You know, in all fairness, maybe Charlie already fixed the carburetor. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that. he just needed to put it back on. Yeah. Maybe. Then he was breaking slingshots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why he's mad. He's like, you just need to attach this. <laughs> just go put, put it, put it back. Yeah. yeah. You've already done it. Yeah. <laughs> You've done the work. But dinner that night is filled with the sounds of everyone munching and crunching and the camera pulls back. <laughs> it pulls back to reveal Brad's empty plate. That, yeah. You don't need you to put it there. You still said it. <laughs> like, that's fun. That's a reminder. Don't, yeah. like, don't hit your sister with a slingshot. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that poor kid's fucking starving, man. Yeah. But as Helen and Jay dig in, April puts her hand on Steve's thigh, which almost causes him to drop the dish of mashed potatoes. Be cool, man. You're <laughs> yeah. mashing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> April does not give a fuck and then not giving a fuck only continues further I'm like god this bitch is like fearless yeah (laughs) you're sitting next to your dad what are you doing well she's a couple seats away (laughs) (laughs) you're at the table I mean that's bad enough (laughs) that's bad enough but Steve quickly pivots complimenting Helen's cooking she thanks him and oddly Jay drinks his tea looking very pissed off. It was kind of funny to me how serious this character is because he's like mad all the time (laughs) or he's trying to tell somebody. I mean, I guess he was like sweet with his wife earlier in the morning or whatever, Mm -hmm. but he's he's mad about like everything. He's he's a father. (laughs) (laughs) He's stressed. Yes. But April says that they should get going, though, because Steve promised that he'd take her for a ride. This is news to Steve, but he plays along. Jay is bummed to hear that April won't come by to watch him in the bowling tournament tonight, and Steve actually shows his interest in it, but is pulled away. He thanks Helen again for the meal before they leave. So, okay, this whole time, I'm expecting this bad boy Steve to be coming out, and I don't see it. No. Seems like a very nice guy. I swear, I thought they were going to sit down. He's like, Mrs. B, great fucking corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? With the sunglasses on. Yeah. <laughs> and like a guitar solo plays. Corn. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this boy, he's a bad boy. Is I that swear to God. why he's eating the corn? Yeah. <laughs> like, where is that coming from? <laughs> Just every time he talks. But he's he's nice. He's yeah. polite too. He wanted to go to the bowling tournament. He was gonna, you know. He complimented the food. He was really eating. He yeah. like it's strange. Yeah. Poor Steve. Yeah, but he's too great or whatever. <laughs> and it's his birthday. It is his it's birthday. His birthday. It is his birthday. But after they leave. <laughs> <laughs> Jay asks Helen if she ever gave April the talk. 
And Helen says that she did years ago. Jay is like, years ago? You weren't there? Yeah. yeah we love the uninvolved dad trope. Right. Yeah. Um, he's like, she got a period yet? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you don't know what's going on. <laughs> what's her name? Yeah. <laughs> where's May? Where's June going? <laughs> <laughs> but in Brad's room, <laughs> Brad is... <laughs> Brad's making a pipe bomb. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that was something. I was like, I think you guys need to get involved in this hobby. Yes. Like, worry, worry less about April's business. Yeah. And figure out what the fuck's going on here. I was like, She's oh, just the, horny. Yeah. Uh, you need to be concerned about Brad. Yeah. I was like, oh, the 80s when kids just made and possessed um, explosives. Well, <laughs> it's a different time. Yeah. What do you say? Houses were what? <laughs> 79,000. <Yeah. 000. laughs> it afforded more opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. We can get a new house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'd be all right. <laughs> but he's also listening to the song that is titled No, no Turning Back in parentheses. From Critters <laughs> by Shay Zero. <laughs> After hearing some commotion outside, Brad watches from his window as April gets into the driver's seat of Steve's car and pulls the car around the side of the barn and parks. In the car, Steve is confused, asking, why would he want to see the side of an old barn? April, obviously with other ideas, says that it's romantic and that Steve wants his car keys back, right? Steve, you sweet <laughs> yeah. summer child. He's like, I want to go watch the bowling tournament. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your dad seems, he, he looks like he'd be really good. <laughs> but he reaches for the keys, but misses, and April exits the car, pulling him into the barn. Brad smiles at the sight of this, loading his pockets with fireworks and a pipe bomb. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is this kid going to go blow up the bar? <laughs> he's like, really, you little fucker? That's, he's like, oh, this is my chance. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought he was smiling. He's like, ah, those kids. Yeah. Kids in love. But he's like, no, I'm going to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there are going to be so many fireworks in there. <laughs> but in the barn, April lights a lantern as Steve sneezes his way up a ladder, admitting that he's allergic. That would be me. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't know how much fun you think we're going to have in here. No. I cannot breathe. Whatever. <laughs> I'm going to be congested for a lot of this. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but back in his bedroom, Brad hears a knock at the door. So he stashes his slingshot underneath his pillow, turns off the jams and lies on his bed all casual like. He's like, come in. Yeah. You could not look more fucking guilty. I know that you were not just laying there like that the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you've been doing something. Yeah. <laughs> Your color is very hectic. <laughs> but at the door is Jay, who brings him a plate of food, saying that he can thank his mother for this. But underneath posters of Bruce Springsteen and the police, Jay asks his son where the slingshot is. He hands it over without incident, but Jay asks him why he always has to fight with April. Annoyed, Brad asks why they always take April's side, but Jay reminds him that he shot his sister with a slingshot. Brad, a real one, still, for Charlie, continues taking the blame, even in the face of confiscation of his slingshot and no movies for two weeks. No yeah. movies! I want to know- He's like, no eating for two weeks! <laughs> <laughs> right, can I just go back to not having dinner? Yeah, like, right. Yeah, yeah that's hot. Absolutely, no stealing yeah. for two months. <laughs> <laughs> no leaving the house, not even for school. I <laughs> I don't know how parents come up with the timetable, 
It feels a, about as arbitrary as the criminal justice system. Uh, it's on I, the fly. Okay. Yeah, it's just, like, uh, two weeks feels right. Yeah, <laughs> Five years. Oh, fuck. Uh, I fucked up. That's too long. <laughs> I can't go back now. <laughs> but in the barn, however, April covers a very nervous Steve in her kisses. He says if her dad catches him up here, he'll be toast. But upon learning her parents never come out here at night, which we learn is absolutely true. Yeah. <laughs> Steve is pulled to the ground off camera and he sneezes. She wants the Zayna. I mean, clearly, yeah. he seems so uncomfortable. He does. And like, like you just... said, he seemed really cool. And he's like, look, I'm not trying to get in trouble. Yeah. And no, your come dad's going to be like, mad. Yeah. He's like, I want your parents to like yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, he doesn't already like how many I can't haul hog. Yeah, I can't yeah. <laughs> that's two strikes. Yeah, <laughs> this will be the third strike. Yeah. And Charlie plays baseball, so yeah. that's <laughs> related somehow. But in his bedroom, Brad sets his leftovers down for his adorable cat to eat, and we learn the cat's name is Chewy. Yeah, he hooked that cat up. Yes, yeah, the so, whole fucking place. Yeah. Chewy deserves it. Yeah, uh, my, well, yeah, my well, life for Chewy. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> But he opens up his window. Brad, Brad not Chewy. <laughs> Brad opens up his window. <laughs> He's like, thanks, kid. <laughs> but Brad sneaks across the roof. He takes cover when he sees his dad through his parents' window, though. We then, and this is not a joke, we fucking star wipe to the vast expanse of space. <laughs> peering past the moon until we see the planet earth i don't know how they got that shot from space like that but that looked really cool no they really went for yeah. it Very high tech. i told you the mummy filmed in egypt yeah critters filmed in space <laughs> but the stolen spaceship enters the earth's atmosphere rather clumsily i don't know if that's the crites or if that's the line that the, <laughs> sh- <Yeah. laughs> the ship was on <laughs> But we cut to Charlie stopping his bike ride for a swig of whiskey, but he's flabbergasted when he sees the spaceship gliding overhead across the sky. He spits out his liquor and drops the bottle, hopping back onto his bike and riding in the other direction towards the town entry sign. How far does Charlie live? Because it was daytime when he left. They hadn't even had dinner yet. And it is fully night now. And he's riding away from city limits. So he fixed that berator or whatever your car's berator <laughs> yes. give him a ride home i don't know i didn't like that in the truck that he fixed sure you could throw the bike in the back too. <laughs> he's like well i'm like, having dinner with my family <laughs> get the hell out of yeah. here and there's only enough for one extra <laughs> and his name is steve yeah, right, not <laughs> well he's got to get ready and shit later yeah, yeah. fair point i just i'm like damn this dude's been out here forever riding yeah. his bike yeah. <laughs> jay's like daddy's gotta eat <laughs> i'm in a bowling tournament later i need all my strength i need my strength it's so funny because after the ship flies over he like drops the bike and turns to run and then he's like oh no fuck i need that <laughs> yeah, like, you oh, need, this is faster. You need yeah, get there yeah. faster let's tired um the name i thought it was interesting uh grover's bend yeah and when i looked it up i seen that it was a nod to the 1938 war of the world grover's mill oh, oh. So that was kind of a little nod to it so i, I was like all that. right yeah i was like okay i see you that's cool yeah. and it fits yeah, yeah. But back at the Browns, Helen sits on the couch watching television where they're playing the number one song of the week. You guessed it, folks. <laughs> Johnny Steals, <laughs> Power of the Night. I was like, at this point, take a shot every time Power of the Night plays. No, don't. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Don't, dude. Please don't. It's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> but Helen just keeps her eyes on her book, 
But she does glance at the TV a couple of times. I did laugh because one of the lyrics of the song that I overheard was the moon don't look friendly. <laughs> I, I don't know. All why. right. <laughs> the moon always seemed friendly yeah. to me. But. Get to know the moon. Uh, but upstairs, Jay hears something outside. And as Brad still crouches hidden on the side of the window, Jay watches through the trees, barely able to make out the spaceship darting across the sky. But he can't quite tell what it is. Downstairs, Helen watches the TV unblinking but picks up the remote either to turn it up or change the channel. But as soon as she does, the television begins switching channels on its own, static overtaking half-shifted stations. She calls out to Jay, who closes the window and heads downstairs to join his wife. Brad continues sneaking around, though, but we watch as the spaceship descends from the sky, causing everything to shake. April and Steve continue making out in the barn. Brad holds on as he climbs down an adjacent tree, and Jay and Helen step outside. With a flashlight, Jay searches around the house, Helen remarking that they're going to be late for the bowling tournament. Uh, this, okay, this still, we haven't seen the Krites, the Critters. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what kind of film this is, and I'm worried from what I've heard that this film is going to end with Jay in a bowling tournament against the Krites <laughs> <laughs> for control of the planet Earth. All right. <laughs> I swear to God. And so I was like, this could either, this could go a lot yeah. of ways. <laughs> oh I swear. I'm like, they keep fucking bringing up this bowling yeah. tournament. And it, it just makes me think of Kingpin. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I want to watch that deleted scene. <laughs> they wouldn't even need a ball. No. Oh, the Krites yeah. win. Yeah. They win. Yeah. That's, oh, that's, that's cheating. Yeah. I was going to say, that's not yeah, fair. That's stepping over the yeah. line. If I've ever fucking seen it in my life. <laughs> Rolling over the line. <laughs> yeah. The Krites are disqualified. <laughs> Earth, Earth wins. Yeah, you can't be your own ball. No, no, no. no. You knew the rules, Krite. (laughs) But in the beam of the flashlight, Jay finds Brad high up in a tree. He asks what he's doing there, and Brad, thinking on his feet, says, "The earthquake threw me clear from my room. I couldn't believe it." (laughs) (laughs) It points for originality. Yeah, it was very quick. He did try it. Um, but I was, he's like, uh, Brad, was that you shaking that earth? I'm going to rip your skin off. <laughs> he's so like harsh for them. <laughs> Talking about his bones and shit. <laughs> Let him go. That was hilarious. Yeah. I think honestly, I think that's only fair. Like if your kid says something really funny after doing something bad, you got to let him it's go. Like, All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ah, you son of a bitch. I taught, I taught you well. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get you next time. But Brad climbs down the tree at his father's insistence, Jay remarking that it looks like he's done that a couple of times before. Brad only cops to the couple of times, but is dragged along in his father's search of the property. Well, if he's doing shit like that, just come with me. Yeah. Yeah, just you might as well. You're gonna escape again. Just come on. <laughs> escape. <laughs> well, I grounded you and look where you're at. Yeah, it's true. It's not his fault the earthquake threw him through the window. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> I was thinking of Bart with, what was it, the Beverly Hills Cop theme playing as he was like, yeah. <laughs> sneaking. <laughs> but Brad asks if Jay saw the meteor overhead, and Jay says that he saw something. But we cut to the smoking ship crash landed on Earth. We hear the Krites on board chattering away, and we get the subtitles reading, Status Report, Minor Damage. They ask, what now? And they all agree, food. 
Oh. At least they have a plan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd be hungry after that yeah. travel. Oh, yeah. I don't know what kind of food is on that ship. After that travel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long trip. It was. At least get a honey bun or something from yeah. the gas station. <laughs> <laughs> right. I wonder if there's any 7-Elevens in space. There, I'm sure. Yeah, right. They're everywhere. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be. I did want to point out the voice of the Kreitz is provided by voice actor Corey Burton. And looking through his list of credits it's pretty prolific mm-hmm. everything from space balls to the boondocks and kingdom hearts <laughs> oh Hell yeah yeah so it's a lot i read uh on wikipedia that this that the la- that they used for their language was a mix of japanese and french elements to it really yeah that's interesting that because he made it himself yeah so I, he just kind of like cherry picked, I guess, like sounds and inflections. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that's interesting. That's pretty it neat. Is. It makes me think of when shows build like the Dothraki language. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a full functioning language. Yeah. You can learn it on Duolingo. Really? Literally. That's crazy. Yeah. I gotta. <laughs> <laughs> but their ship opens, emanating a blinding light that transitions to Jay's flashlight, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I will admit <laughs> at this point, I wrote in my notes. I'm having a decent time so far. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. And I said these crites are either going to make or break this for me. I think what yeah. they what they look like, what they look like, and how they their behavior. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if I see one party in a bar, <laughs> I'm walking. But the father and son continue on through the field as the music grows a little eerie. In a perspective shot, something rustles around in the foreground, and we hear what sounds like feeding. Jay smells what he thinks is oil, but Brad just smells cow shit. Did James Wan have anything to do with what's going on here? <laughs> it's like this is his. This is the first. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of fog in this shit. It's a lot. Um, I don't know if it's <laughs> the the difficulty is I don't know if it's meant to be fog or if it's meant to be smoke from the ship. Yeah, but mm. it is really like clustered. <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> it is. It's like cloud cover, but only in like. <laughs> <one>. Yeah. <laughs> But regardless of the smell, the two press on through the field of smoke. Or fog. <laughs> <laughs> what have you. Brad eventually trips, landing right in front of the mutilated carcass of a bull. Brad lets out a holy shit and asks what happened to the animal. But Jay says that he doesn't know. Brad is really getting wild with his mouth. Yeah. Uh, when he's already been threatened to have it washed out with soap. He's actually <laughs> on being punished right now. He shouldn't even be, you know, he shouldn't even be outside. Get a yeah. little loose, you know. <laughs> But um, that's horrifying. Yes. The way that the animal looked, I was like, that is much um, much more gruesome than what I would think yeah. was going to happen here. See, and I think that's what I'm talking about when I said at the beginning that I expected much sillier. Yeah, yeah. Because this stuff is not at all what I expected. No. No. And it's a little more tense than I anticipated. Yeah. Yeah. But rather than investigate this further, they retreat to the house Jay admitting that maybe they shouldn't tell Helen until they understand what happened here. But the camera pans over to the open door of the spaceship. They're they're loose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, what? And I did because the ship is right by where they were. Yes. I was going to be like, really? Y'all didn't see that? But he said that he didn't want to explore further without his guns there at the house uh-huh. and so i was like okay i get you know that's a smart decision yeah so i can't even like nitpick that no you're going to get protection instead of wandering into the james wan fog <laughs> yeah um unprotected so i'll that's a pass for me yeah because it was right there 
That is something too, and I think, and I think you said it earlier, T. That I, uh, that I think, why the more as we talk about it, is that relating, being able to relate to this, right? The kids arguing for breakfast and then taking off, and it's me and your sister eating, or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, <laughs> arguing for breakfast? Yeah, <laughs> it's That's the debate club. <laughs> Whoever wins the debate gets to eat this morning. <laughs> But you know what I mean? And then like like that, the decision that it, it's a small thing. But, but hey, I don't I'm with my son. Let's go get a, something to yeah. protect us before we go further into this. Something out here just attacked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't know what could be out exactly. there. Exactly. Any kind of cryptid. We saw Charlie through the window. Yeah. <laughs> and that was that was in the daytime. Yeah. <laughs> but on the road. Jeff rides in his cruiser through the night, attempting to ask Sally out on a date over the radio for coffee and donuts. He fails miserably, but he's not giving up his like radio shtick. Yeah. He's like, breaker, breaker, one night. Yeah. <laughs> That's a broken heart, good buddy, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck? It's like, very cool. <laughs> very cool. A broken heart. <laughs> well, he's at work. Yeah. <laughs> well, she said no. Yeah. Luckily, you only you have to press the button to be heard because the sobs. Yeah. <laughs> Pull it together. Press the button. But out of nowhere, what appears to be a ball of fur leaps out onto the road. Jeff swerves to avoid hitting it and gets his car stuck in a ditch. Assuming the animal to be a dog, he steps out of his car. Now, I've never had a dog, but I have <laughs> seen dogs. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was not a dog. No. Yeah. Um, my experience, I've never had a dog either, but they don't often Sonic the Hedgehog out. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not typically, out no. Out of the road, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so it made more sense if we were like, fucking hedgehog. Yeah, that, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> that I get. <laughs> but as soon as he does get out of the car, there are sounds of motion all around him. Jeff takes out his baton, calling out to what he thinks is a dog, which is kind of unbelievable. Yeah, I was like, I was come like, on, gonna dude. you going to beat that dog yeah. for being in the road? Yeah. This isn't, you don't own the road. No. <laughs> and don't. Or that dog. No. No. And even if you do. Yeah, even if you do, don't do <laughs> that. Do no. it, dude. This is why Sally won't go for donuts with you, dude. Yeah. You're a I fucking madman. I yeah. don't blame her. <laughs> she knew. It's like, I don't think he respects animals, yeah. man. <laughs> but out of nowhere. Some kind of dart flies through the air and hits him in the kneecap. He crumbles to the ground next to his cruiser, and when he peers underneath the car, he sees something that fills his face with horror. Alien chattering is heard, as in a high-angle shot, we see Jeff dragged under his cruiser and probably eaten. Yeah, Yeah. so this was very quick escalation yeah they just got here <laughs> like y'all are showing your asses real quick you're eating the cows you have already presumably killed a man yeah, yeah. like i was surprised well he was trying to bash a an imaginary dog they knew i'm not they were saying like, oh, the no, man no, no. didn't we deserve don't know it. they're like no i don't care what fucking planet yeah. you're on. <laughs> uh-uh. no um one thing i will say though is that uh for all the talk of food and eating they leave a lot of jeff <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, they must add they must add enough cow or something yeah. maybe we don't taste very good maybe you know but in kind of a funny transition helen shoves food down the garbage disposal in the kitchen it's like this is what's happening <laughs> yeah uh, the, yes. oh, yeah that too the way she was doing it was stressing me the fuck out you know you can do it with the water you, you can just you can yeah. do it with anything but your fucking human <laughs> hand <laughs> with human skin yeah. on yeah. i knew that was gonna bother you <laughs> oh no. it bothered me so bad that's, that's a big one but outside in a pov shot something small makes its way across the brown's front yard ducking for cover until it reaches the kitchen window and spies on helen 
I was hoping it was Chewie, but Chewie sits on a trash can outside the window, hissing at whatever it is and runs away. Chewie said, get me out of here. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That is a direct quote from the cat. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But the commotion of which gets Helen's attention, who drops a plate in her fright. After looking out the window and seeing nothing there, she goes to clean up the broken plate, only to hear growling from outside the window. She pulls herself up at the sink, and when she looks out the window, she sees a pair of glowing red eyes staring back at her. She screams, backing right into Jay. He apologizes for scaring her, but full of fear, she tells him that something was staring at her outside. She points him in the direction of it, and he checks it out with a flashlight. She doesn't mention that its eyes were red? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was my note, was that that deserved a much bigger reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know that she screamed, but no, that was not <laughs> any yeah. animal that I've seen. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck was that? The Mothman? Could be. Turn around. Yeah. Yeah. I was we see that say. cake. That's how we find out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we want to see that, though. Moth- yeah. <laughs> Mothman confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> But Jay doesn't see anything, and Brad says that it might have been Chewie. Helen says that it might have been, but I don't remember Chewie being no. possessed by the yeah. devil. Or <laughs> you know goddamn well that that, that was yeah. Chewie. And it was like hovering in midair. Yeah. yeah. No <laughs> and real quick, I love his shirt. We all, right. I mean, we all know what the shirt is. It's yeah. The, it's pretty blatant. Yeah. <laughs> it's protected by parody law. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, not like like of a parrot like (laughs) i mean jokes and stuff um but it's the pin busters yeah and it's uh it's the ghost (laughs) but helen asks jay if they found anything outside and he admits that they found something a little strange but just walks away with helen calling after him somewhere outside the ship carrying the bounty hunters land on board the ship tall who i've learned at this point in my script is actually named ugh Okay. Tells Small, who I still don't know his name, (laughs) to transform. But Small says that nothing likes him. Ugg tells him to just find something. But they step out and find the mutilated cow. Small just remarks, eating start. But back at the farmhouse, something Small moves through the bushes, watching the browns through the window. Inside, Jay calls Harv to tell him what's going on here and says that he hopes Harv has gotten other calls too. But when he tries to dial, he discovers that the phone is dead. As soon as he gives up trying to make an outside call, the lights flicker and shut off in the house. Helen and Brad follow Jay down to the cellar to check the circuit breaker, but he travels down alone, telling his family that it's no big deal, something probably just got tripped. With his flashlight, he sees wires torn, severed, and ripped from the walls. How could these creatures know that? Yeah. Um... Maybe they watched that quick video that the bounty hunters got to watch and they didn't get caught up on the yeah, music they video. Left oh, yeah. They were like, oh, let's learn about electricity. <laughs> let's see their weaknesses. It's, it's, just, it's just the clip from Schoolhouse Rock. <laughs> That's all you need. Yeah, man. It got me where I am. Uh-huh. An <laughs> An electrician. Yeah. <laughs> electrician mechanic what can't i do really Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) but after a while helen calls down to check on jay but he's distracted when he hears a clinking noise behind him his flashlight combs over glass jars on a shelf but on the shelf above something alive moves in the shadows 
Jay creeps over and reaches his hand out to it, only for it to look up at him. It's one of the Krites and or critters, teeth grown sharp and eyes glowing <laughs> red. <laughs> the small... <laughs> The small hairy being causes Jay to jump back, only for another Krite to jump down from the ceiling, landing teeth first into Jay's shoulder. He screams as the critter chomps down, and Brad tries to rush into the cellar with Helen holding him back. He's like, is that my father in there? (laughs) (laughs) Brad, dude! He's a real one! He's fucking fearless! I I will say that, though. Don't let no. Don't let him come. But you better come help I, me. That's yes. exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Was she's like, no, no, he'll handle it. Yeah. <laughs> well, at the same time, they bite him back, dude. There's bite, a little foot right back. there. Hey, you don't know. Yeah. I, look, I will say this. There's a little foot. <laughs> Sometimes Luna will nibble on my hand. Uh-huh. If I give her like a little play bite on her arm, or she looks at me like he like, pretends what to bite her, and she's like, "Are you fucking yeah. for real?" That's my thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I bet if you bet one of those, the critter would be like, oh, wow. Especially if you're biting the critter as hard as he's biting you. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't have the teeth grown sharp. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, just, and I'm, dude, I'm not risking my teeth for shit. Yeah. I'm just going to get killed. <laughs> That's just what happens. He's going to chew right through me. Oh. <laughs> I'd rather be dead with perfect teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bite that little foot up. <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> priorities man yeah dude (laughs) we all got him what's important to you (laughs) (laughs) but jay finally breaks free from the critter but as he tries to climb up the stairs a critter with a quill like mohawk or something fires (laughs) 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 fires them at jay like darts pained jay tells his family not to come down here as a critter grabs him from beneath the stairs he promptly beats it with a hammer now temporarily free of critters, Helen and Brad drag Jay up the stairs, asking him what's down there. He very calmly says, I don't know, but it's meaner than hell. It was very brave of him to tell them not to come down there because I'd be like, help me! <laughs> Both of you! <laughs> Why is no one coming down here? <laughs> My shoulder! <laughs> it hurts so bad! <laughs> Um, See? Jump off. <laughs> You're alone. Bite, scratch, whatever. <laughs> you gotta survive. Fuck those critters. Yeah. Well, okay. Maybe you scratch. I can yeah, do that. But- <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about my fingernails. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about the creation of these critters. All right. I read in an issue of Fangoria from 1986. Mm-hmm. Kevin Yeager, who is kind of a prolific creature designer Mm -hmm. he was working on a nightmare on elm street 2 and they wanted him for this but because he was so busy he personally suggested the kyoto brothers to the producers oh shit and so they went to a meeting with the producers and in their haste they forgot their portfolio and their reel yeah and so all they had were sketches of what they wanted the critters to look like Mm -hmm. and the sketches were so good that the producers were like all right Yeah. yeah And they lied as well. And they're like, our reel is out right now. (laughs) (laughs) But they sent it to him and they got the job. Yeah. Hell yeah. But they said, um, I think they read the script and there were 20 estimated critters. Damn. And they needed the ability of them to turn into a ball and roll. Yeah. And also shoot quills from this mohawk or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's that's (laughs) such a strange, like list of skills to have yeah (laughs) it's gotta be able to do this and this (laughs) okay all right you've got a vision i guess Uh, (laughs) 
But they said it took 10 weeks of pre-production. Yeah. And they were told, because the budget of the entire film was only $3 million. Uh-huh. And so they were told to do a lot with a little. Yeah. yeah. And they did. Oh, no, yeah. Um, There... <laughs> There are some scenes you can tell. Yeah. yeah. But, but it's, yeah. it's charming in its own way. It, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Films like this, it's like that really adds to it for me. Yeah. Where it's like not everything is polished and perfect. Like y'all did everything that you could with what you had. Yes. And yeah, sometimes, you know, that spaceship looks a little janky or it looks <laughs> cheesy or whatever. But that adds to it because it's like this is not a huge blockbuster like no. we're making what we can with what we have and i love that and you're able to tell even with that if we're they don't have the ability or the funds to do big name stuff or yeah. you know what i mean big budget effects but what they do do you can feel the love and what they're doing with what they have yeah so it like you said it doesn't even matter that the ship is janky sometimes <laughs> it you know what i mean it doesn't because you you can tell oh they you know what I mean? They they worked with what they had, and I'm completely fine with that. Yeah, yeah. And this is it shows and everything. I think what always impresses me with creature design is knowing what to show when. Yeah, knowing how much you need of certain things. They only had four remote controlled critters with like the functioning eyes and everything. Mm-hmm. They had just simple critter puppets. Yeah, like so you can tell in certain shots where they're like, "Well, we're just showing it from the side. Why would we need?" Yeah, yeah, you know. But that's kind of like uh, we talked about on Hellraiser when right. they're in the hallway and they were behind that giant monster, just pushing them on yeah. a cart. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to see the back. No, yeah. you don't need to worry about that. Just make the front look good. And we got it. Yeah. And I think that that's a part of the talent that they have too is knowing. Because if I put these puppets and these creatures together, we're going to see that more than we're going to see the actors. Yeah, yeah. And that's going to ruin it. You know what I mean? How yeah. long did Having it take the... to build Scott Grimes? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he just fucking showed up. Yeah. Um, but I've been yeah, in a workshop. Having the, <laughs> having the intelligence and the restraint to know, let's wait this long because it's pretty far into the film before we even see that. Yeah. yeah. You know, and knowing when, like, uh, that is really cool. And that's kind of, I mean, a uh, throwback to the old school because they wouldn't show you all the creature. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately. Now you fucking see everything. Yeah. But um, a little uh, suspense is kind of nice. It is. Mm-hmm. And they said they, the only problem they really ran into, because they said they worked really well with um, Herrick. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the mechanical ones, the remote controlled ones broke down. Yeah. But I mean, that's standard yeah. stuff you can prepare for. Yeah. But the producers ask something of them deep into the process of filming. And we'll talk about that later. Okay. Oh, no. But we cut to the bounty hunters walking across the road and finding Jeff's abandoned cruiser. They walk over to it and hear Sally calling Jeff over the radio. Sally even does the cute little trucker joke with him. But Jeff is clearly in no condition to answer. Not at all. Ugg continues investigating the car, but Small just stands on the other side and starts shaking a bit. With lightning overtaking Small's face, he's <laughs> he's all, humming, humming, humming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Ugg sits down in the passenger seat of the cruiser and Sally's voice apologizes for not going for coffee and donuts with Jeff, but Small peers down at Jeff's corpse. As Sally shares news of calls about UFO sightings, Small sits down in the driver's seat of the car, looking exactly like the murdered Jeff. I was like, damn, you got the the bloody version or like the beat up that sucks <laughs> version well, <laughs> well that's what he sees though that's true yeah 
But, all sucks, man. Yeah, I'm glad they at least did that instead of him being like normal. Yeah, this is what you you didn't see him that way. You know what? They that's true because even the Johnny Steele video, he has the same hair. Yeah, like everything. Yeah, it's the eyeliner. All yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> but Small rips out wires and electronics in an attempt to start the cruiser, and eventually fiddling with the ignition just enough to start the car and put it in reverse. But at the same time, his hand reaches Jeff's shotgun and it goes off through the roof as the car skirts down the road backwards. Again, you guys watched this video on our (laughs) history. Not one video contained a vehicle. Yeah. Nobody. The Model T even. Yeah. (laughs) That came after the Power of the Night music video Mm. and we didn't get past that. Fair point. Uh, we were stuck on that video. Know. But shouldn't you know that you need to look where you're going? No. Like, yeah. <laughs> you rode you a fucking spaceship here. Yeah, yeah. not only that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. <laughs> but back at the Browns' house, Helen and Brad patch up Jay. Brad fiddles with a quill from one of the critters, but Jay tells him to be careful because it's some kind of poison. Meanwhile, in the barn, April and Steve are playing a game of needle in a haystack. Nah. But when Steve, <laughs> I expected to be called out for that. <laughs> I mean, that's on the line. It's calm. That's innuendo. That's tasteful. Farm. Yeah. Farm joke. Yeah. <laughs> Farm love. <Yeah. laughs> I was just going to say that April's like, man, now my pants are chafing me. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's A everywhere. I know. <laughs> yeah. And Steve's Naturally. like, yeah. a two. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I know that they think that they went for a ride or whatever, but with all of this going on, I'd be like, oh my God, I hope Ari comes back soon or where's Ari or anything. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, not even, not, nobody's mentioned her. Well, look, these, I think we need to patch up Jay before we even think about anything else. I guess. He got it. He got chewed up, dude. He did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he got guess. a little fucked up. Yeah, he did. But once I got home, I'd be like, did you guys even ask about me? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. Were you even wondering where I was at? Oh, yeah. But the firstborn. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody cares about the first. But born. your dad's all f- fucked Whatever. up and you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> what you about guys? me? The- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Were you worried about me? Dad, quit holding your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> But when Steve reaches out to switch the radio station, a critter launches up and bites his fingers off. In his fear and confusion, he stands up only for the critter to launch itself onto his belly and start munching away. Billy, no. (laughs) Yeah, man, he didn't deserve any of this. He's been the kindest. Yeah. Yeah. But bloody and dead, the critter makes a meal of Steve until April snags a pitchfork and stabs at it. Its face covered in blood, it hisses at April, snapping off the fork with ease, which causes April to scream. Back inside the house, Helen asks, what was that? The subtitles, however, made it much funnier. Yeah. Yeah. Because it said, who is that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) But Brad knows immediately that it's April, which confuses his mother as she thought that her daughter was out for a ride with Steve. Brad makes his way to the barn, and before he heads inside, he either sees a critter going to town on the chickens inside the chicken coop, or the chickens protecting their turf from the critters. Yeah, I'm not or entirely a critter sure. <laughs> <laughs> turning into a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it was dark; I couldn't tell. Something's happening with the chicken and the critter. <laughs> <laughs> very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> Just to sum it all. <laughs> wow, Nay, all that detail. I thought I wrote the script yeah. this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
But Helen calls out to Brad as he heads inside the barn. (laughs) Once inside, he calls out to his sister who screams for his help. Brad climbs up the ladder to find his sister keeping a critter at bay with a broken stick. She tells him to do something. So Brad obviously reaches into his pocket full of sunshine. And by that, I mean firecrackers. Yeah. (laughs) He lights one up and tosses it right under the critter. Before he can sink it like he did his battleship earlier, the critter just pops it into his mouth like a flaming hot Cheeto. (laughs) It seems the plan has backfired until the firecracker explodes in the critter's belly and it dies a tiny death. That's a spicy meatball, right? (laughs) I did laugh because he... (laughs) It brings us back to the spaghetti. (laughs) Don't order it. (laughs) I laughed because he ate it like it was nothing and I was like, oh, fuck, these things are like indestructible and then he just promptly laid over and died. <laughs> yeah. it's like no he's dead and this one is one you could tell was one of the cheaper uh critters yeah yeah it's literally um, uh, someone removed their hand from a puppet no yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then it just toppled over i noticed on imdb it says that the critter eats a uh, cherry bomb but that's not a cherry bomb it looks like an m80 oh well but even that i mean you could i i I think you could still you could flush those down the toilet too. It wasn't good for him. Don't <laughs> don't do that. Wait, didn't, well, didn't Bart used to do that on the same Yeah, <laughs> the with cherry bombs. Oh yeah. yeah. Maybe that's where the IMDb person got it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't do it. Though. it. Yeah, yeah. Don't I do got that. confused. I don't know anything about anything. Yeah, <laughs> me neither. There was no schoolhouse rock on <laughs> <laughs> on fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing. But Helen finally reaches the barn, full of confusion, asking what's going on as her children climb down the ladder. April merely collapses into her mother's arms, telling her that Steve is dead, and the three of them exit the barn. It was his birthday. It was! (laughs) And he did nothing wrong! No, he really didn't. But you know what? He was too great. (laughs) 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 Poor Steve. Yes. But Charlie arrives at the police station out of breath, stumbling inside and telling Sally to call Harve and the army. He says they're here. Sally asks who, and in the most logical manner, Charlie says, them, my teeth, and points to his mouth. Listen, we talk a lot about the method of delivery, (laughs) and this wasn't it, Mm. but we got to stop writing people off just because they're a little strange or because they communicate a little differently. Yeah. You know, um, it makes me sad because Charlie doesn't deserve the way that everybody is treating him. Yeah. No. Uh, and it's just, it's not nice, but uh, Charlie needs to take responsibility. (laughs) He's not, um, making himself very clear. We could all improve. (laughs) Everyone has something to work on. Everyone has notes, but Sally takes the phone from him calmly and hangs it up telling him simply that she wants to go home. Charlie understands, and upon learning Harve might be at the bowling alley, sets out on his own to get him, telling her to still call the army. But at a church, an organist played by Montrose Hagens completes her song and is thanked by the preacher, played by Jeremy Lawrence. He begins his sermon to his congregation, which is from Genesis chapter 19, He jokes that most of them know this story because it's the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, which causes a few churchgoers to laugh. Yeah, they were like giggling. Yeah, why is that funny? I don't, I don't, I don't know. They love that one. That one? (laughs) 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 My favorite, (laughs) y'all. But outside, (laughs) 
Charlie hustles on his bike down the street, where down an adjacent street, the bounty hunters speed backwards towards the church. The preacher tries to make a joke of the sound of screeching tires outside, but just then, the cruiser crashes into an awning and roof that definitely wasn't built just for this film for, for sure. them to drive into. No, it was a real building. Honestly, the way it looked, it's a wonder it didn't collapse sooner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but out step the bounty hunters, who step into the church with large alien guns as if they've arrived in style. I was speaking of style. I would say that they should probably have gotten some clothes that don't look like they just rode in on a spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, so <laughs> why are we even bothering with the disguises if you're if that's how you're coming in? Um like I thought that they were going to try to blend in. Yeah. And figure out where the crites are because it's, that's why I'm like, why are you being Johnny Steele when he's a rock star? But they're like, no, we're still going to wear the spaceship outfit and we're going to carry big ass alien guns. We're just well, going to look like Johnny Steele. <laughs> <laughs> I, do I don't yeah. get it. <laughs> well, the dude did try to warn him when he called him when they left. He's like, yeah. don't do that shit again. They hung up on him. Yeah, but they, <laughs> they knew they were going to do They're it like, anyway. They're like, what are you on him. They could have just kept their, you know, bright green Slender Man thing that they had going on. Yeah, and for, for the way that they're acting, there's no difference. Yeah, but I feel like if they if, if they come in with glowing green heads, that's going to give me a lot more alarm than if Steve from down the street walks in dressed funny. With an alien gun? Well, where'd you get that from? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> dude, it's who a are you conversation starter. Are you going to ask Steve or are you going to ask Greenhead? Um, <laughs> I'm running away from Greenhead. <laughs> that, All right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it works some way. Mm. I just want <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. I think that subtlety was the move here, and that's just not what is happening. I gotta be honest. Uh, I don't think I don't think these bounty hunters are working for me at all. Yeah. <laughs> I love power of the night. night. Yeah. Um, but I don't think anything else was worth this. <laughs> worth this. Because it just it raises more questions than it answers. Yeah. Why can't you control? Fucking um, Ugg did. He's like, I'm Johnny Steele for tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Period. And Small's like, oh, <laughs> there's a new face in town. <laughs> I just don't get it. I just don't get it. <laughs> but they ask where the Krites are. And the preacher recognizes Jeff, telling him that the county is going to pay for these damages. And at no point is he like, and what's with these new cop uniforms? And are yeah. you okay? Oh, yeah. yeah. Because he's you look dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> You're actively bleeding. Uh, yeah. yeah. Are you good? But I guess he did just crash his car. <laughs> I'm just laughing thinking of the priest <laughs> saying that when they walk in after all that. <laughs> Jeff? Are you good? <laughs> Holy shit. You're bleeding from your neck, Jeff. Yeah. He is. But at this point, Jeff's pulse begins to quicken. <laughs> I'm just going to call him Jeff, yeah. I guess. <laughs> For right now. For right now. And his eyes begin glowing blue. The organist is like, Jeff? <laughs> Have y'all seen Jeff do this? <laughs> <laughs> this is how Jeff, man. That's how he communicates. Yeah. <laughs> Typical Jeff. His pulse beats out of his yeah. neck and then his <laughs> eyes glow Glowing blue. eyes. Chill out, Jeff. Good Lord. I, I said that she reacted as if this wasn't the scariest shit that she's ever seen. 
But then when he turns into the preacher, she promptly faints. Yeah. Well, I, understandably. The, before that happens, though, the preacher begins to groan very weirdly. Yeah. <laughs> Which I guess, in all fairness, um, the only other times we've seen it are through a television and with a dead person. Yeah. So yeah. we don't know how. What it means. Yeah. yeah. What, it, what it means. <laughs> what, what it, it feels. means to them. <laughs> <laughs> so what does this mean to you? Um <laughs> But Jeff and Ugg make short work of the organ and the podium, exploding them with their weapons. And now that he's the preacher, I guess I'm just going to call him Small again. Yeah. Okay. But Ugg and Small back out of the church and speed away in the cruiser. The right way this time. Yeah. Well, they kind of fucked that house up. <laughs> yeah, they did. So let's, let's get out of here. And do they think that, what is it, House of Wax? And they're like hiding, the, uh, <laughs> the Kreitz are hiding under the preachers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just don't understand. But back at the farmhouse, all the lights are still out and the doors are locked tight as the Browns sit in the living room. Jay takes one of the guns off of the wall and loads it as Helen cradles a crying April. She asks what her husband is doing and says that they should just stay put because they haven't gotten into the house yet. Jay just says, they will. I will say, they're sitting right next to the fireplace, which if we learned anything from the birds, yeah, yeah. episode 75, yeah. if we learn anything from Krampus, yep. Episode 38. <laughs> Not good. No. No, don't Not do smart. That. But Helen says that they should just board up the place. But Jay says that these things are vicious. They've cut out the phone, cut out the power. It's just a matter of time before they come in. Helen says that they should just stay here. But Jay says that they can't wait. With his shotgun in hand, Jay leads his family outside, telling everyone to stay together. Now, I... Again, I do feel like that's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. We can't wait. They're gonna they cut off our communication. We can't see anymore. We're we can't just sit here. They're gonna get to us. Oh, for sure. They're smart is yeah. what is concerning. That they're just not mindlessly attacking you. They're mm -hmm. cutting the fucking power yeah. <laughs> and leaving you with nothing but the power of the night. No. Oh, come on. <laughs> you that were waiting. to all of us. Yes. You were waiting. I you was. were. I was. <laughs> I did think it was adorable because Brad takes the lead for a moment and Jay goes, wait up, Red. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of uh, Viewisk Universe with the one side, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that's a reference to, but when I was a kid, I thought it was the coolest yeah. thing ever. But they make it to the repaired truck only to open the door and find it completely destroyed. Springs are sticking up out of the seats. Wires are chewed through. It's a real mess. But Jay asks what these things are. And Brad says that they're from outer space, like Charlie said, or some government experiment gone haywire. Jay scolds him before he can continue. But I'm like, let the kid. Literally. Yeah. Why is that hard to believe? I don't I know. I feel like we've said that very recently of, in a movie where it's like, you see all this crazy shit happening. Why is that where you're like, no, not that. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, that is with what you've seen tonight, definitely believable. You're, definitely doable. Yeah, you were out in the field with him yes. earlier. So, And I'm sorry, but when we think about aliens, cattle mutilation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're nursing a giant wound in your shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't from any kind of mouth I've seen. No, yeah. <laughs> no. But Helen asks what they're going to do now. But April remembers that she has Steve's keys. She used them to lure him into the barn, if you recall. Yeah. I did appreciate that callback. Yeah. Because she did have them. But the group travels cautiously over to Steve's car. But as soon as they open the door, they're greeted by a screaming, bloody mouthed and noticeably larger critter. But it slips out of the passenger side before Jay can fire at it. But as it rolls behind some hay, he fires and misses. A few critters roll their way, following behind the fleeing family in Raimi-esque camera angles. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Unfortunately, the front door is locked and they can't get back inside. Jay aims at a critter trying to break through the fence, but another one drops down from the roof, sinking its teeth into the same wound from earlier. <laughs> yeah, <they were> <laughs> April's like, Dad, it's in there again! <laughs> <laughs> but he drops the gun, which Helen picks up and takes her sweet time lining up the shot before batting the creature away. Brad rushes off, trying to find another way into the house, but when he's cornered by a critter, he immediately climbs a nearby tree to avoid it. And this talent was already explained. Yeah. yeah, That's what I'm saying. Like, it's a smart yeah. script. Yeah. But Helen, still on the porch with Jay and April, tries to fire the empty shotgun at the critters, but obviously nothing happens. April retrieves some shells from Jay's shirt pocket and helps her frightened mother load them. But before she can, Helen gets jump scared by a critter and just recoils in horror. Thankfully, Brad is able to open the front door from the inside and let his family in. Critter 1 on the stairs, tells Critter 2 they have weapons. Critter 2 just responds, so what? But the barrel of the shotgun pokes out of the front door, and Critter 2 is blown to smithereens. Critter 1 just shouts, fuck! (laughs) (laughs) And runs away. Relatable! Yes. Oh, yeah. But at the bowling alley, the pinbusters, Jay's team, try to call him on the phone. They're confused, saying that Jay is never this late, but another teammate says that he is when he has to pay for the beer. Damn. Yeah. They have fun. All right. I hope. <laughs> He's a cheap Yeah. <laughs> but in the nearby bar inside the bowling alley, Charlie spouts off drunkenly to Jake, the bartender played by Roger Hampton. Charlie says that the aliens are not only coming, they're already here. He tries to start his story, but Jake just pours him another drink. Charlie says that he doesn't want another drink. He wants Harve, but he promptly downs the drink. This is so fucking sad. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that you think that he's just running off at the mouth because he's drunk and you're like, okay, shut up. Here's a drink. Like yeah. that is fucked up. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's the problem. Yes. <laughs> you're just giving it to him. Yeah. Jake says that he'll leave the bottle on the condition that Charlie doesn't bother him anymore. <laughs> that's not helping. dude. No, you're going to get your liquor license taken away. Literally. But the camera dips down from the bowling alley sign to reveal a police cruiser clumsily parking out front. The two bounty hunters step out, and a woman asks in the background, isn't that Johnny Steele? (laughs) (laughs) Finally! Yes! (laughs) But they finally head inside. I I did, and this is where I put the note in my script, that again, they don't have a choice. Yeah. You can just at any time, which is a real design flaw for whatever the hell these aliens are. Yeah. But they always had human hands, didn't they? Because I remember them getting ready. Yeah. They had (laughs) humanoid hands, if not. Yeah. So I don't know what the fuck's going on. That's hilarious. <laughs> but they rip the door off its hinges and step into the bowling alley. So again, discretion is mm-hmm. <laughs> out the window. Everyone is very confused by their appearance and behavior. And as they make their way over to the lanes, with curiosity, Ugg scoops up a black bowling ball. Noticing the pins, he looks at the ball before throwing it toward them. The pins explode on impact and a man <laughs> a man in the crowd just goes, Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, well yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, th- that's, that's a, a big real, deal. Yeah. I would do it be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it was funny because I was writing, I want him on my team. And then the dude's like, I wonder whose team. I was like, all yeah. right. <laughs> you got it. You got it. <laughs> you can take it from here. <laughs> but and I, this made me laugh that they do this in the bowling alley. They haven't asked once about the Krites. Yeah. Nope. They're just like, oh, bowling. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> 
But the two bounty hunters head into the bar, entering it like a Western saloon. Two pool players, played by Chuck Lindsley and David Strindstrom, talk shit about their outfits, remarking that it isn't Halloween. Charlie watches an old Western on the television as Jake asks the bounty hunters what they'll have to drink. He then recognizes the preacher, wondering what he's doing here, but Ugg just tells him that they want the Kreitz. Jake says he has no idea what they're talking about, but Ugg lifts him by his shirt off of his feet, which Charlie, for some reason, leans over to see. Yeah. <laughs> I this I got to see. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> he, was very, he was very rude and dismissive. Oh, he was. He's like, let me see what's going on on this side. <laughs> oh, his feet are up. <laughs> but the pool players try to break it up, defending Jake's honor, but Ugg seems unfazed. Charlie tries to get involved, but Small sits him back down. But suddenly, Small's eyes begin to glow. <laughs> yeah. He can't hang. The next time this happens, I'm just going to go by myself. Yeah, yeah. Dude. <laughs> You're not helping at all. You're slowing us down. <laughs> You're a you, liability. You can't have costume change <laughs> in the middle of what we're doing. <laughs> New rule. But his chest undulates, and Charlie dives over the bar. When Small turns around, he's completely transformed into Charlie. His hair is slicked back, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so again, that so then he can do whatever he wants. Then. Yeah. Oh he's yeah. Like, I'm cool, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's prune tracing. Yeah. <laughs> but the pool players continue their threats, and Small just retorts, "Keep your shirt on, asshole." A couple hours ago, he wasn't speaking in full sentences. Yeah. No. So I don't know where he's getting this. <laughs> like, this, is what, this is what Charlie would say. I don't know. I don't know. And it's really not. I don't no. know. Yeah. But as Jake rises behind them with the baseball bat, Small explodes the television with his space weapon. The glass and sparks explode around the men, and to the sounds of gunfire, the entire bowling alley disperses of its patrons as they run screaming into the street. Charlie hides behind the bar downing some more alcohol as the bounty hunters make their exit. As soon as they do, Charlie cautiously follows behind them with the bat in hand. But we cut to Harv's bedroom, where his bedside telephone begins to ring. He coughs, waking up, and answers it. It's a frantic Sally, who tells him of the events at the church and saying that all hell is broken loose across the town. It was funny to me that the entire town is in disarray and just chaos, and he's just at home <laughs> sleeping comfortably. <laughs> just counting sheep. Yeah. <laughs> like, sheriff, please. Well, he thinks dude is covering the show. True. Yeah, that's fair. I guess that's true. <laughs> Jeff is like three transformations yeah. ago. <laughs> we lost Jeff a long time. Yeah. <laughs> but Harv tries to collect himself, and he does ask where Jeff is, but Sally says that she hasn't been able to reach him. Harv says to give him 10 minutes and grabs his gun belt from a nearby chair. But back at the Browns, the family waits inside, Helen wiping sweat from Jay's forehead as he rests on the couch. April's like, yo, dad, how come you so fucked up? <laughs> he looks horrible. No, he does. He's... He got his ass whooped, dude, twice. He yeah. did. Chewed in the same, like, Literally. bite marks. <laughs> like, oh, you closed these? Let me open those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Brad says that his father looks sick. But both Jay and Helen try to downplay this. Helen asks Brad to just check the windows, but Brad literally just returned from doing so. So she just screams at him, well, check them again, before covering her mouth, overcome with emotion. She's going through a lot. She yeah, is. Yeah, that's scary shit. Like, like, I understand kids, they do understand stuff, but 
as a parent and like trying to grasp someone's like, oh, this is like these these little critters or whatever. Uh-huh. Even just that these weird animals, they're yeah. going to fuck us up. Well, I mean, I think for me, the emotional depth of this family in crisis surprised me. Yeah. Because I expected at some point the critters would be doing the electric slide. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> so this is this is this is jarring. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we see that. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> But Brad just hugs his mother as she cries and tells her that it's okay and she apologizes to him. But Brad then sits down next to April at the fireplace and checks in on her. Before she can answer, Ash rains down from the chimney and they rush to close the flue. But before they can, a crite crashes through the window. It steps slowly, snarling at Helen, bearing its rows of teeth and shooting a quill into her neck. Uh, the critter came ready uh, yeah. to yeah. fuck shit up. Um, <laughs> I did <laughs> I did appreciate the misdirection because while we're distracted by the fireplace, he's like, nah, bitch, yeah. something through the window. Well, he reloaded before he jumped in. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I did think it's funny. She's out like a light, but I guess Jay had a tolerance to it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how. They strengthened it because yeah. they were like, it didn't even take him down. Oh, yeah. They're like, dip it more. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> more in the point. Like, can you get my back? But the kids help Jay and Helen into the other room, only to find a couple of krites hanging out on the dining room table. Jay calls for his shotgun, which Brad retrieves from the living room. He spies a krite eating the living hell out of the sofa and aims the shotgun to kill it, but stumbles over a fire poker and fires a shot into the ceiling, dislodging the ceiling fan. It comes tumbling down and crushes a nearby krite on the ground, killing it. It was a trick shot, I guess. It yeah. Was, he's like, I planned. Yeah, yeah, it was, was on like, purpose. Right. <laughs> but Brad reaches his feet and follows his family upstairs, followed closely by a couple of critters. As Brad reaches his family... April tells her brother to watch out, even though she can't see through the wall to see the crite encroaching on him. <laughs> you don't know what she can see. <laughs> we don't know her powers. There are peepholes all over this house. You don't know where. But Brad snags a lantern and is basically like, how about a little fire, Scarecrow? <laughs> and he tosses it with a flourish and sets fire to it. But I was like, you know the fire's not just going to stay right there, right, Brad? Yeah. It seemed right in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, again, I'm guessing that this is like a kerosene lamp or something. Yeah. That's not going to go out that easy. You just spread. You just All set over. your house on fire. <laughs> 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 That's, uh, I, I even looked it up and I think it said that usually when that happens, they recommend throwing sand on it. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And that water really isn't going to help. Well, they use, I think, a blanket of something. <laughs> yeah. It works well, just fine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't try this, kids. Yeah. No. <laughs> but the krite rolls through the flames and launches itself into the toilet as the other krite retreats down the stairs, and they do put out the fire. Yes. Um, I read in Fangoria, they had a second unit director that came on board, and they told the Kyoto brothers, they were like, I think in this scene you should really burn one of the krites. Mm-hmm. Like, burn it completely. And they're like, we only have four remote-controlled krites. He's like, but no, burn one though. (laughs) And they didn't. They got into like a huge argument with him and they were able to convince him not to set fire to one of their creatures. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we need it for the rest of the movie, dude. You don't know what's left. I'm I'm glad they held their ground. Yeah. Yeah. I did have in my notes that I felt like you would have hated when uh, it went in the toilet. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I wasn't a fan. Um, yeah, I wasn't a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I but he hated that. Well, I think I think the reason I didn't like it is because I swear I swear that I heard the critter go, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's too much. I don't like knowing that. That monster is feeling Found better. Comfort. Relief. <laughs> <laughs> feeling better. But out on the streets, Charlie sees the police cruiser whiz past him, and he calls out, saying that he only wants to talk to them. At the church, Harv gets the skinny on what happened here. It was Jeff, but it wasn't Jeff. He changed, and they were wearing really funny clothes. That's about it. All right. What else is there? You know? <laughs> These interviews are interrupted when Harv receives a call on the radio. It's Sally, who with rollers in her hair, is surrounded by people at the station who came over from the bowling alley. She really was doing her hair. Yeah. Because yeah. she told Jeff no because she was doing her hair. I was like, oh. Yeah. That was legitimate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But she tells Harv what happened at the bowling alley and says that evidently the witnesses say that it was the preacher, Charlie, and some stranger. Harv is confused and asks her to repeat it, and she does so very dramatically. Harv pays no mind to it, though, and asks if she's been able to reach Jeff. They said it was a stranger, a preacher, and Charlie. Yes. But they didn't mention that the preacher morphed into Charlie. No. (laughs) I mean, we're really framing an innocent man here. Like, I don't know if he ducked out (laughs) and replaced him. And somebody yelled dude's name. Johnny Steele. Oh, or yeah. oh and some stranger, some famous yeah. rock star. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. We don't know. I did um, as well. The preacher's right next to Harv right now. Yeah. So shouldn't he be like, you're under arrest yeah. <laughs> or something, but he doesn't react at all. But Sally whispers that she's also gotten some calls about shots fired over at the Browns place. Harv tells her to continue trying to reach Jeff and he's going to head to the bowling alley, then to the Browns place. Sally nervously shovels a snack into her mouth while the churchgoers cheer Harv on as he drives away. Thought that was a little interesting. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, Sharon. <laughs> but back at the Browns' house, Brad props a mattress over the door to the room that they're in. Jay tells Helen that he needs to go to a phone to get some help, but Brad tells his father that he can't even walk and says that he can do it. Helen, tired from the quill poison, just crashes out in the bed. From the quill yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah. The extra strength. <laughs> yeah. No, dip it twice, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Jay thinks it over for a moment and asks, if he were to give Brad permission, how would he do it? Brad says that he would hit the yard, grab his bike, and head for the highway. He says that somebody has to go for help. And Jay finally allows this, telling his son to ride like he's never ridden before get to the Emmons place and get Harv out here. I love that Helen is asleep Mm -hmm. because she never would have allowed this to happen. Oh, no. So we really needed to get her out of this for this (laughs) conversation. (laughs) But Brad assures his father that he'll be fine and refuses the shotgun when it's offered to him, saying that they'll probably need it here and it would just slow him down. April helps move the barricades away from a nearby window so Brad can make his exit. But before he heads out, April calls out, Brad? He turns around to meet his sister's gaze. She smiles at him and just sweetly says, See ya. See ya. Yeah. Well, you don't want to, I love you. You're the best. Yeah. Bro. You know well, what I mean? No, but I mean, because I'm going to see you again in yeah, a little bit. Can we at least, is, we're not enemies anymore? Yeah. I mean, they were never enemies. 
they hated each other. <laughs> <laughs> Sibling rivalry and yeah. all that. They were kicking the, each other under the table. You're right. But when she screamed from the barn, he fucking ran out there by himself to go yeah. save her. Yeah, I guess. But <laughs> see ya. <laughs> I'm going to fucking die out there. I might. I might. <laughs> I'll be back. There's a chance. There's yeah. a chance. I guess I get. I see your point. Yeah. But this might be the last time. Yeah. yeah. No, at least, you know, something. Yeah. Not goodbye. No. You're good. <laughs> it was fun. You're good. <laughs> we cool? <laughs> but Brad sneaks outside, a growling critter waiting by his bicycle. The critter just knocks Brad's bike over like a real asshole. Yeah, that was, uh, you didn't need to do that. No. That's insult to injury. Well, we seen what he did to the cars and everything already. Why wouldn't you think he'd get to your bike? That's yeah, true. that's true. But, but it, instead of like chewing up the tires, he's just like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> just a bully. <laughs> but Brad takes off running. And when he can't hide in the chicken coop, he keeps hoofing it. Brad hides in a nearby building and he watches through a hole in the wall as the critter's shadow is cast against the chicken coop and it slowly begins to grow larger in size. Brad goes, they're growing, which we already knew, but all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've seen that. Back upstairs, Jay tests out a flamethrower with an aerosol can while April tests out a, she's swinging, was like a closet rod? Is that what those things are called? Sure. Yeah. An inanimate carbon rod? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Helen wakes up and Jay asks how she feels. She says it's like a brick hit her, and she asks how long she's been out, but then she notices that Brad is gone. Jay looks over at April, then back to his wife, telling her that Brad went to get help. This little dude's gonna get eaten, Yeah, and they're in here making torches, and fucking <laughs> getting booted up. It's like, oh, when, when they come through, we got him. I understand. After they get through yeah. Brad? Yeah. <laughs> Brad will slow him down yeah. a little bit. It's awfully quiet in the house now. Yeah. I understand him saying that the gun would slow him down. Yeah. But weren't there multiple guns in there? Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't have let him leave without something to protect himself. Because essentially, even, even say that everything went according to plan and the bike was there, whatever, whatever. He's running outside, just out. Just, yeah. you know? I was and like, this is foolishness. Hand me one of those closet rods. <laughs> or, the clo or the closet rod. Whatever. We'll give him his slingshot back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get it together, Jay. Yeah. Helen is not in favor of Brad leaving at all and says that Jay shouldn't have let him go. But just then, they hear a commotion at the door and the failed turns of a doorknob. What follows is a montage of the critters just fucking shit up. I uh, was like, okay, so in all of these movies, we have to have a montage have of them to. just well, having yeah. the time of their yeah. lives. They're breaking glassware, tearing pillows apart, picking fights with an E.T. doll, eating fish out of the fish tank, all set to synth the 80s music. But through a window, a very large figure skulks by. They're a bunch of fucking assholes. Man. Oh, they are. Yeah, you didn't they have are. to do that. Just zero respect. Yeah. And it was uh, at this point that I realized they kind of all look like if the creature from the crate and creep show had yes. a bunch of babies. Oh, yeah. yeah. I read that they were based off of a nightmare that Herrick had when he was little. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of loosely kind of a Tasmanian devil thing. Okay. Oh. But it. It reminded me of the creature from the crate, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but like shrunk the fuck down, you right. know? 
I I saw this moment as the lighter version of whatever the hell the bar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no electric slide. No, no there's not. So you no. have to So it's fine. Them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're not chugging beer. No, I'm I'm okay. I mean, I'm not that happy, but I'm all right. Yeah, how <laughs> <laughs> could be worse? They pick a fight with ET, dude. Well. They did. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> but outside. Brad rushes out into the middle of the road, flagging down what he assumes to be your regular run-of-the-mill police car. But the bounty hunters screech to a stop, and Brad jumps into the back seat. He tells them that they need to get back to his house. His father is all chewed up, and his mother has a harpoon thing in her neck. The men don't respond. (laughs) Brad then recognizes Charlie's face on Small, and is very shocked to see Johnny Steele himself riding passenger. Ugg just asks where they are when Brad refers to them as critters. He tells them that they're at their house and tells who he thinks is Charlie to step on it. Small is like, no, but where though? Brad realizes that they're not who they seem to be, and Ugg tells him they just want the Krites. What luck, huh? Just to run into these dudes? Yeah. He's like, oh, I need a hero. Oh, there you are. <laughs> You're small right, because they don't even know where they're going. No. no. That's very funny. My thing was, Brad's reaction was extremely muted to yeah. all of this. To He's just like, yeah, that way. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, Dude. <laughs> why do you have Charlie's face? Yeah. And why are you Johnny Steele? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was, was listening to your cassette earlier yeah, tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Big fan. <laughs> But upon hearing the term, Brad's like, Krites? Small answers, Critters, Krites. And Brad just tells them, you help me, I help you. And the car pulls away. But back in the farmhouse, a window shatters and April is grabbed by a large arm through the barricade. Jay lights it up with his aerosol can, which sends it retreating. Helen just rocks up screaming, God damn it, stop it! Like fucking Tom Atkins at the end of Halloween 3. But then she launches up, firing through the door with a shotgun, killing one of the Krites. They open up the door, and all three of them, armed, cautiously walk down the hall. They do not like that shotgun. No. No. They, it's their greatest weakness. Yeah, they're like, oh, fuck, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but when they spot another Krite, Helen fires and misses, asking for more bullets, but Jay is fresh out. When they reach the staircase, they see a couple of Krites waiting for them at the bottom. Suddenly... The entire front of the house explodes, the shockwave of which sends the Browns tumbling back into the hallway. Through the smoking hole walk the bounty hunters. The critters all agree, let's roll, and they do, right into their own blasted death from Small's gun. I could have opened the door for you, <laughs> but exploding the front of my house is fine too. Sure. Like that yeah. works. Whatever works for y'all. I <laughs> Whatever's easier. <laughs> yeah, that's fine, I guess. Is that is that okay for you? The let's roll. Is um, that enough or is that too much? I'm it's on the line because <laughs> it's almost it almost feels like pun adjacent. Yeah. Yeah. Because they roll. Yeah, but they shouldn't be talking. <laughs> <laughs> They've been talking. I don't like it. Yeah. What about when he said fuck? That's one. <laughs> Brett Brad is flabbergasted at the sight of it all, and he calls out to his family. They're overjoyed to see him, and Jay asks who he brought with him. Without explanation, he just tells them, Charlie and Johnny Steele, and tells them to head outside. Like, that's not weird? Yeah. Our mechanic and the dude we just seen on TV? (laughs) With the number one song? Yeah. Don't ask questions. Mm. All right. But before Brad can join his family outside, he hears Chewie meowing upstairs and rushes up to rescue him. As the rest of his family rushes outside, Harv pulls up in his cruiser to meet them. 
Just as he does, there's a loud blast heard from the house, which frightens Harv. He rushes everyone else into his car and creeps around to investigate the sound. It happens again with a burst of light exploding one of the windows. But inside, Ugg searches around the house, nearly getting a sneak attack from the toilet crate, but he's able to blast it in time, exploding it from the wall. I read that that was a nod to the 1984 Ghoulies. Really? Yes. And I showed you the, the picture of it earlier. With its overalls? Yes. <laughs> and he is in a toilet. Yes, yes he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept thinking, I appreciate what y'all are doing. Uh-huh. Who's going to pay for all this? Yeah. Like, I'm getting very upset of the destruction of this home. Mm-hmm. Like, well, we got our crites, so. Yeah. yeah. Bye. So long. <laughs> But as Ugg stands there in triumph, another crite bursts from behind the shower curtain, rolling down the stairs. Harv fires at it, but misses, remarking that the Browns need a good exterminator. It's like, you don't know something else is going on. Come on, dude. I know you're tired. You got woken up. (laughs) But Harv sees Small, confusing him for Charlie, and asks what he's doing. Harv asks if he's drunk, but Small just lifts him by his shirt over his head. Small tells him, I hope not. You'll take over our operation. It's like, I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How does he know that? But Harv just begs to be put down. So Small throws him through a nearby window. He didn't ask how to be put down. Yeah. You have to be specific. It's like you got to make a wish. (laughs) (laughs) But Jay limps over to check on him and Harv regretfully admits that he swallowed his chew tobacco. Disgusting. Mm -hmm. Podmore and PSA. Don't do that. (laughs) But back upstairs, Brad calls out to Chewie, stepping slowly down the hallway when he hears another meow. He walks into his parents' room and finds Chewie on the bed, scooping him up. But this reunion is interrupted when he hears his mother yelling for him to come outside. He steps over to the window, but when he turns around, he sees the large red eyes of a massive critter and it swipes at him. Brad tries to crawl away, but the man-sized critter pursues him. Ugg fires into a wall, which causes the critter to retreat, bailing out of a window. Brad thanks Ugg, but he hears his mother screaming outside. So this is what I was talking about with what the producers asked of them. Mm -hmm. They're like, what if we had a, uh," and this is in the middle of production. What if we had a giant crite? Oh my God. I thought it was the fire thing. I thought that's what they had asked of them. Oh no, that was just. Oh my God. Yeah. That was just the second unit director. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they're like, what if we had a giant one of these things? And, yeah. And the Kyoto brothers are like, we are out of money. <laughs> like, I don't know what the fuck you want. Lay on the ground and aim the camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perspective. Get us a tiny house. <laughs> I did read on IMDb that this is the only movie where they grow that big. Oh, really? Yeah. I, that's probably so maybe why. Yeah. They, didn't, they were like, look, that's not that's what we want to do. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to. D- I don't really get much yeah. of anything at all. And I don't know what they're they're supposed to be eating and that makes them grow or what's the... Yeah. I don't know, man. Because twice now they've been like, they're growing. I feel like yeah. the lore is not fully explained. Not right. yet. Not yet, but... Maybe in the... Is, the, is yeah. it later? I've only seen the one after this and I mm. only seen it the once. So. Okay. Well, maybe we'll find out. Yeah. yeah. But Brad and the bounty hunters run outside to find Jay holding a screaming Helen and Harv on the ground next to his cruiser. They learn that the massive Krite has kidnapped April, and Harv just mutters in confusion, not understanding what he just saw. Brad grabs his bike as the bounty hunters get into their cruiser, and as Jay and Helen get into the back of Harv's car, they see Brad through the back window, riding like the wind over the hill, and this distresses Helen greatly. 
I love that he's going after a sister. Yeah. You know what I mean? Gang gang. But he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna get eaten. Yeah, he is. You know, just it's let gonna be everybody bad. go. But well, I mean, this is the bravest motherfucker no. <laughs> here. Yeah. But the bounty hunters attempt to start their car, but it won't turn over. But Harv starts his car with ease right next to him, and they look at each other awkwardly. After a moment, the bounty hunters join Harv in his car, sandwiching him between them before driving away. Brad rides through the fields, and we get a shot of April being dragged away by the massive krite, smaller krites covering her body. On Brad's ride, he collides with a speeding Charlie on his bike. On the ground, Charlie says that he was right, and Brad asks what he's doing here. Charlie says that he's just (laughs) following his teeth, and he's been getting signals like crazy. All right. Charlie... Just <laughs> yeah, find a different way to say it. I know, it. explain <laughs> yeah. it better, man. But they watch from behind a tree as April is dragged aboard the stolen spaceship. Once they're inside, Brad and Charlie sneak towards the entrance. Charlie tries to stop Brad from entering, but to no avail. Once he's inside, he spies through cables and wires, finding April alone on the ground and removing a quill from her neck. When she wakes up, a nearby Krite takes notice of them. They crawl to the exit out of the front of the spaceship, but Brad remembers his massive pipe bomb that he's been carrying in his pocket the entire film. Uh, 1986. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that must have just been a regular strength quill. (laughs) (laughs) Because she's like, whoo, that was a nice nap I had. But he struggles to light the pipe bomb, drawing the attention of all the nearby krites who swipe at him as he rushes through corridors of cables. One of the Krites starts the engine, which causes the door to slowly close. Charlie aids in their escape before the doors can close, but Brad drops his pipe bomb on the way out. As they rush to safety, Charlie gets an idea. With a rag he was using to wipe his head and his bottle of liquor, he constructs a Molotov cocktail aided by the fire of Brad's lighter. With the ability he no doubt used in his baseball career, Charlie throws the bottle and it makes it into the ship just before the doors close. Swing away, Meryl. <laughs> but I really appreciated a little redemption for him. Yes. Yeah. He's been shit on the whole movie. Oh, it's been bad. But the ship rises above them and they run away as it ascends into the sky and takes off. The Browns, the bounty hunters, and Harv pull up to them, watching from the hill as the spaceship hovers over their home just for a moment before exploding it into a ball of fire. I am not ever going to financially recover <laughs> from this. Never, never. Like, for real. That was just fucking mean. Yeah. You fucked it up first. <laughs> then you blew it up. Yes. What? You're speechless. Yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> it's just for no reason. Yeah. And then they laugh. Yeah, they laugh at yeah, this. Yeah, I know. But then they realize that a lit pipe bomb is on board, and they do let out, and, and again... The- <laughs> They start doing the electric Yeah, they do. <laughs> they literally go, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a... Well, come on, I man. wish everyone could, <laughs> could have seen your face. <laughs> <laughs> That's just not for me. But the entire ship explodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they get. Yes, it is. They were very rude. But Helen watches it all, sobbing before hugging her son and being consoled by Jay. The bounty hunters just start to walk away, but Brad rushes over to them to stop them. He gives them a sincere thank you, and Ugg smiles at him before handing over a communication device from his belt. He just says, call me. Charlie chases after them, asking if they have another communication device, or maybe they need a mechanic. 
It's like, why are you looking for work? I yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't do anything here. Uh, well, yeah. there's, there's a lot of repairs to be done. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like from scratch. Yes. Yeah. Repairs, yeah. We'll yeah. be building a home. <laughs> John Marston so says. I was <laughs> Damn it. And maybe let's not tell anybody you have that. Maybe not. Yeah. Keep that under wraps. <laughs> But the Browns just watched the burning remains of their house, smoke rising above the trees around them. The next morning, Harv brings everyone to the wreckage of what used to be their home. They survey the damage, and it is a total loss. But Brad picks up Chewie, who thankfully survived, when suddenly, the device that Ugg gave Brad chirps. Wind swirls around them, and we watch as their house is slowly rebuilt piece by piece. Chewie is dragged away by the wind, which I was like, what's that about? Yeah. <laughs> That's a load-bearing cat. Because <laughs> Brad was like, Chewie! <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is this? I thought it was a happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> is he a beam now? He's yeah. just holding up the house. <laughs> That's a load-bearing cat. Yeah. That's what I said. You did? Yes. Oh, well, great job. <laughs> so it must be true. Hands yeah. off, hands yeah, off. Great work. But the Browns watch in disbelief as everything from the windows to the mailbox is rebuilt as it once stood. And Johnny Steele we trust. Indeed. Yeah. Now, this is a big disagreement between Robert Shea and Rupert Harvey because Rupert Harvey wanted a like tragic ending, like <gasps> just whatever whatever they had planned. I don't know, but it ended up as like a deleted scene mm-hmm. as an alternate ending. But Robert Shea insisted that the family gets their house rebuilt. Well, I don't feel... <laughs> yeah. And I'm all for a bleak ending. I think everybody knows that, but I don't think oh, that no. this is the movie. <laughs> yeah, for that. It's like, no. no, and it burns down. I know. <laughs> and then fade to black. That's it. Those that's it. Yeah. just said, uh-oh. Yeah. Like, that's not what... <laughs> like, <laughs> they were fighting an E.T. doll. No, yeah. no, they win, kind of. <laughs> they. We don't want... No. <laughs> but speaking of the mailbox that was just rebuilt... Brad hears Chewie meowing inside of it and scoops him up, relieved. Chewie said, you've got meow. <laughs> the owl. <laughs> <laughs> the owl wasn't heard <laughs> as much. Meow. Oh, there we go. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> Not me pausing the movie to practice saying that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to kill them They're tomorrow. They're not going to know <laughs> what him. And JP is like, that's great, man. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed. I, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he gave me a polite laugh. Yeah. Well, it was good enough. <laughs> but everyone watches as the bounty hunter's spaceship departs from Earth, and as Harv drives away and the family heads inside, the camera glides over to the chicken coop. There, in the hay, sit three alien eggs. <gasps> so he was fucking the chicken. Oh. <laughs> A little decorum, please. I clearly said that something was happening between the critter and the chicken. <laughs> you said it something. That was decorum. Thank you. <laughs> I'm taking your JP's flower away wait, and giving wait. it to you. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, yeah, there's more, please. <laughs> the eggs shake slightly and we hear the laughter of Kreitz. We fade to black and the credits roll. So... What did you guys think of Critters? I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's all—it's one of those to just put on and kind of watch. It's not a—you uh, know—you don't gotta—you you don't gotta turn on your brain. You can leave it off. Just kind of watch it. Uh, put it on. Do go about your day and cleaning or whatever, and watch <laughs> it in passing or what. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, it for me, it feels like even if you're barely watching it for the first time, once you've seen it enough times. 
you kind of feel the beat of the movie how it is okay so you can oh i oh i got time i can go do a load of dishes real quick or set the dishwasher and then come back and it's going to be on this part or whatever you know what i mean it's not it's also not very long so if it's something you want to gauge time on you know what i mean i got about an hour and a half bet put on critters let me get my stuff done it's something that i like i can listen to it and then pass by watch it while i'm doing laundry or whatever you know anything uh but it it is uh it is a movie that I am enjoying the more and more I watch it. <laughs> so uh, I I did enjoy watching this movie again. I think this is just a lot of fun. I have a fond memory of watching it for the first time when we were doing our every night movie night. Um, I feel like it's something really fun that you can watch with your kids that's not really going to scare them, but it can kind of, you know, because we all want our kids to like horror too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say that the way that our recording schedule fell, I had to watch and prepare for this movie the same week that I watched Bo is Afraid and Possession 1981. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was a, um, it was welcome. You know, (laughs) Uh, I was not, there was nothing to be confused about. They're like, look, there's creatures from space. All right. Yes. And they're hungry. Okay. It's like, (laughs) all right, like Mm -hmm. I'm here. I see you. I don't need to think about anything. Like, um, It was, it's just a good time. It's nothing, I know that you really enjoy it, John Paul. For me, it's nothing that blew me away. It's nothing incredible or amazing, but it's just a fun 80s movie with weird fucking creatures in it. You know what I mean? Uh It's just a good time. I I will admit I had more fun with it than I expected to. Yeah. That there was going to be a lot more absurdity as I explained. (laughs) (laughs) The electric slide. Hey, I thought it was going to (laughs) happen. I was like, I'm betting (laughs) the farm on this. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I feel like it is kind of one of those things where it's like, this is just a fun movie. Don't think too much about it. Um, some of it was more successful for me than others. Mm -hmm. And I will call some of those out in my uh, little, uh, ratings. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that this is kind of just a film to watch. Yeah. It feels very much of its time. Yeah. Even though it's trying to feel like a throwback, which in some ways it does. Mm -hmm. It is very, very eighties. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. Not at all. I appreciate that decade. Yeah. Um. But I, uh, you know, I, I, it's uh, not my bag. No. <laughs> but it's, it's fun. Right. So you know. <laughs> you but take the good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Precisely. But even if you can get that out of something that's not something that you normally watch or like, I feel like that's still a big positive. Yeah. yeah. Like there's like Suspiria is not really something that I thought that I would like. And I did enjoy that movie. Right. And that's not something that I'm familiar with. But I was like, you know, this is a good little change of pace. You know, even even if and I, I can understand if people why people would hate this movie or not find <laughs> it to it. I get it. You know what I mean? But it it I do. I am glad that you enjoyed some of this. Yeah, it did. I feel like that's all. That's a reason why everybody should branch out of their like comfort genre too you know yeah. you never know what you're gonna like and even if you're like yeah that's not really for me but i liked this this and this you know what i mean like yeah. that's that's always great too great <laughs> <laughs> but i guess that can lead us to ratings yeah um i think on the positive side i do like a lot of the performances mm-hmm. i think dude scott grimes killed it <laughs> he was great <laughs> like, he was fantastic um some of the character work is fun i think that I while I don't really like the look of the critters, mm-hmm. you have to commend the creation of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the 
mechanics of actually operating them through the shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like this kind of throwback to 50s B-movies. Yeah. I will say that uh, on the negative side, a lot of the story of the fucking bounty hunters... <laughs> <laughs> Look, dude, I, I know the movie's short enough as it is. Yeah. Do we need any You're of it? Like, yeah. cut that. Yeah. Like, could it just be a but boy? But then we lose Johnny Steele. No, we can be on TV. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it could just be a boy and his critter or whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was Gremlins. Yeah, I was going to say. Go back to Gremlins. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Never mind. I take that back immediately. Um, but I mean, no, it's it's a fun movie. Like Nay said, it's nothing that blows me away. Mm-hmm. It's one of those films that I know that if I watched it when I was younger, it would probably have another point or point and a half added to it. Yeah. yeah. And so for me, having watched it for the first time yesterday, it changes um, my opinion of it because I don't have that pull. Right, yeah. and I see it just as it is in 2023. Mm-hmm. And while it is charming in its own way, and it does, uh, the screenplay kind of leads in and really sets up a lot of things for later. I feel like that entire segment is just so. <laughs> what the fuck is Zanti, dude? Like, do you remember that dude? You see him for like 12 briefly? minutes. Briefly, yeah, yeah, briefly. Not even 12 no, minutes. No, <laughs> it was very so that, generous. That was an odd guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's an even number, but it's not even in the way you would think. <laughs> Right, we even see a hologram of him. Yeah, not yeah. him. No, no yeah. you're right. He's like, we've seen enough. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't know. Film's a little bit difficult to score. Mm-hmm. I think I'm in the same vein as with Gremlins, even though I like this a little bit more than Gremlins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, out of ten teeth transmissions, I think I am going to give Critters six point five teeth transmissions out of ten because it is good. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think that it is one that I'll add frequently. Right. It might be one that's just fun to watch maybe from time to time. Maybe the three of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I don't think I I see myself. You know what? I want to (laughs) watch that (laughs) fucking thing roll into a toilet. (laughs) 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 But uh, I will I will now open the floor. No, I I I totally agree. Like it's not like I said, it's not the greatest movie, and it's not, and it is. It, there is a lot of cheese. You know what I mean? You, but I think too, and and you hit the nail on the head. Like I did watch it as a kid, so for me, it does have a lot more pull of like, oh no, I not that I have to like it, but it does have that memory of me being a kid watching this and being like oh shit and then now as an adult i'm still like man this is this is great you know what <laughs> i mean um but yeah it, it 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 i i said it earlier but it i do it is just a fun movie to put on and kind of watch and this is uh this is right in my bag you know what i mean yeah uh and i i i wouldn't recommend putting one of these in the ass but i mean so <laughs> a critter well, you know, yeah, it's not, it's not good with the spikes or he's checked out. Yeah, <laughs> <His> <laughs> the eyes, poison and all is not good for the his skin. eyes glossed yeah. over. <laughs> <laughs> but it it is a fun movie. <laughs> she said the spikes. <laughs> well, the decorum well, yeah, is but, uh, it's uh, an it, abstract yeah. concept, <laughs> but you can grasp it. Yes. We were not, we were not bad this episode. No, give us a break. Maybe at the end. Maybe the, maybe the thing at the end. There's one line. <laughs> but that was it. And then I guess he said he wouldn't. So I yeah. guess it's not. <laughs> See, don't, don't do that. <laughs> I mean, I don't He's know. He's telling people critters. not yeah. to, dude. Nah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should get a point for yeah. that. 
<laughs> What's your rating? <laughs> Focus. <laughs> but it but it is something that it I like I or like you said the nostalgia, you know what I mean? It, it does um but yeah, I'll definitely watch this again. And I would love if the kids would, you know, show it to them. Be like, look, check it out. This is, and I have, this is something that we try to show the kids older movies Yeah, we watched it together. Yeah, they seen it. And, and uh, but for me, on a scale of one to 10, teeth transmissions. Indeed. I'm going to give Critters an eight. I again, it is it is something that's that it's in my wheelhouse. Yes, I enjoy these B horror movies and the kind of silly with it, and and it's but it is it's not it, it is just turn it on and it's fun. That's it. Watch it with your friends. Watch it with your kids. You know what I mean? Hell, I, I watch it alone. That's fine. <laughs> like I said, it is for me. It is like that. And I think we've talked about it before in previous episodes that we've done about those comfort movies. Yes. You put it on and I can even see this being one of those. Like I said, you re- you remember all the beats to the movie and it's like, I know if I do this, I got this amount of time left or I know I come in, I'm going to see this part and I love that part. Okay. Oh, I, there you go. You got attacked. Okay. I got to go do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it is just a fun time. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think that it's just, it's a very much a turn your brain off and just have a good time. Um, does everything, I mean, it, it's not even anything to dissect. You know what I mean? It's just a pretty straight up story. <laughs> yeah. Do we know exactly what the fuck they were in prison for? No, no you know, no. I'm imagining it like Cape Fear and they're, they have the tattoo. <laughs> thing, you know, I don't know what they did. <laughs> Under the fur? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Um, but we have our quirky little characters. We have this family that we're rooting for that, uh, like you said, T has some like, surprising emotional depth yeah. <laughs> yeah i was shocked i i would like to say um poor steve because he's forgotten about very quickly <laughs> <laughs> but i mean it's just it's just a good time you have these really great actors too who seem i don't think they would have done this if they weren't having fun with it no d wallace dude exactly yeah. i mean it's just it's just a good time it's something that you can watch with your kids with your family um it's just fun and I, I'm sure that they hate it constantly being compared to Gremlins, but it is in that wheelhouse for me. It is very similar. It's very, um, it's less silly, yeah. but it's that same, you know, oh, we're just here to have a good time. Like mm-hmm. this is not, it doesn't need to be that deep. Yeah. So I think I am going to score it when I scored Gremlins. Okay. And so on a scale from one to 10 tooth transmissions. Teeth. Teeth. <laughs> <laughs> one tooth. One. <laughs> <laughs> On a scale from one to ten, teeth transmissions. I'm going to give Critters seven out of ten teeth transmissions. You know, it honestly should have been tooth transmissions. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. It does sound so it was all this teeth. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just a good time. Just, you know, turn off your brain and have some fun. But, you know, maybe cover your kid's eyes when the critter is in there with that chicken. It's <laughs> <laughs> finger licking good? No. <laughs> Get, you lost your flowers uh, again? <laughs> Give them back. <laughs> Get us out of here. <laughs> Future T, close the episode. <laughs> well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate critters and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. 
Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at TravisMWH, at Blood and Smoke, and at RealStreeter84. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special thank you to our Wendigo Getter patrons. And remember, while there's nothing wrong with a bit of skepticism, maybe it's wise to keep an open mind even when things seem out of this world. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned. We want to give a very special thank you to all of our Wendigo Getter patrons. Yeah. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> a special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M, Jordan Nash, Kent Morton, Lala Thomas, Travis Anisa Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, Jennifer Perez, Allison O'Neill, Carissa, TJ and Angie Bronson, Gabrielle Trevino, Spooky Mom. Andy Teague, Applin Ontiveros, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Sydney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, J.D. Rizak, Molly Gerhardt, Armand Spasto, Aaron Aguirre, Eggie, William Barry, Brittany Ramatar, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, Eden, Jordan Roberts, Dylan, Melissa Sierra, Holly Bryan, Jordan Blevins, Liz Heath, Spencer Montavo, Pancake DePanda, John Ramos, Michael Newding, Alexis Roberts, Dan Laveau, Itzy M, Gary Horton, Leisha Olivier, Kate Lamp, Carlos and Sydney, Jessica Hunter, Helena Rudder, Alan Johnston, Mariah, Livy Fun, Mandy M, Scott Troutman Wise, Towton Watson, Mozzie Bear, Brittany G, Dave Burke, Adrian Stakes, Nick Spill, Emma Hagel Kissinger, Valerie G, Emiliana, Brian Glass, CB, Maya Noches, Taylor Santana, Will Lewison, Angelique, Smelly Poo Poo Head, Beth Bauer, Ben Coons, Cookie, Esperanza J, Jason Kyle OKC, Joshua Rumley, Danielle Peralta, Hannah R, Brandon, Nicholas Carter, Sawyer Reese Farr, Dr. Diva Loves Horror, Girl That's Scary, M. Fryback, Cassandra, Andrea Simmons, Ashley Higuera, William and Zena Rush, Ryan Brom, Megan Ochoa, Laura Lassiter, Natalie de Guzman, Eileen O., Marissa E., Sydney, Henry F., Megan M., Christy Beck, Nancy and Andy, Amanda Lopez, Cody Graves, Andy Terrell, Jason Hanavan, M. L. Tafoya, Abigail Spitzer, Katie K, Erica Morin, Cameron S, Nicole Stewart, Tris Wynn, K.87, Mariah Jensen, Carrie A, Lonnie Lono, Powell, Kayla E, Maggie H, Fernando Dominguez, Murder Stina, No Thanks Tom Hanks, and Kevin McGonagall. Hey! Yeah. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate each and every one of you, and we hope you all know that you folks are all crite. Sorry. <laughs> that was good. All right, thank you. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs>